Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 52. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing Bumblebee, Bird Box, and Aroma. And joining me today, Travis, good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tom. Happy New Year. Hi, Matt. Happy New Year. We're recording uh, on the morning, New Year's Day. Mm, the first. Mm-hmm. First of 2019. We'll see if this year is uh, better than last year. Not much Aren't to they uh, all? <laughs> <laughs> we will see. 2018, uh, at least uh, globally, on a macro level, was, was shit, so... We'll see what happens. We made it, though. Probably be shit again. On a micro level. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What did you guys do to celebrate the New Year last night? Tom, you want to kick it off? Uh, I went to Andrew's house. Andrew, one-time guest. Oh, I thought well, Anders from Workaholics. Yeah. Know, like a house party or something. Uh, no? no, not him. <laughs> um, yeah, he does something every year. I drink a lot of champagne. I'm going to blame the champagne for my hangover, but really it's probably just the volume of alcohol. Yeah. I don't know. Anytime I have champagne after I've been drinking, it always fucks me up. Like, yeah, that's always what makes me hungover the next day because well, I feel like trash. So after sweet. You champagne. Know? Yeah. The bubbles. The bubbles. What does that do? Upsets so. your stomach. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> Tell that to my LaCroix. <laughs> yeah. That bubbles helped your stomach. Hmm. I don't know. No? No. Well, anyway, these bubbles were <laughs> filled with alcohol. And, um, yeah, so they got to me a little bit, but it was a good time. Uh, <clears throat> nothing special to report. How about you, Travis? Sounds about right. Um, yeah, did essentially the same thing. Had a few people over at my place. Uh, drank some booze, played some Uno, played Ride the Bus. Mm. Ride not, the Bus? What yeah, about? it's just like a college drinking game well <laughs> it's pretty fun uh and then you went from uno to college drinking game yep okay <laughs> <laughs> had to turn it up yeah know? it was getting closer to midnight yeah kids started <laughs> falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh then we went out to hattie's hat for a midnight drink we all got around to nice. champagne and then nice went back home and went to bed shortly after that hattie's is a good place to ring in the new year i, I think <laughs> were there a lot yeah. of people in there yeah, it was pretty crowded. Yeah. But we went in there at like 11.50, and the bartender got us around to drinks in less than 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Nice work. I'm impressed. Yeah. I uh, cured my um, heartburn last night as well with some apple cider vinegar and baking soda water mixture. Wow. That's the cure right there. It sounds huh. disgusting. If you guys ever... This is like some mother shit. Mid-party. <laughs> <laughs> Just swig some of that stuff and you're good to go. Okay, what was it? Well, I started with apple cider vinegar and water, and then I went right to baking soda and water, which mm-hmm. was disgusting. It's basically just like salt water, mm-hmm. but it did the trick. Makes you nice and burpy too. The baking soda. Mm. That's why I was saying the bubbles might help your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right, but yeah, good to know. Times are out. Baking soda's in. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what 2019 is all about. Well, and, yeah. the, and apple cider vinegar, <laughs> which someone was just telling me about apple cider vinegar. And It'll cure drink cancer. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because it seems like it would irritate things that are going wrong in your stomach because it's like so intense and vinegary. Yeah. It's actually you got to get the right not. stuff. 
oh. with the mother bacteria. In oh, it. you're right. Organic, yeah. for sure. All right, Matt, how was your new year? <laughs> Mine was good. I went to a, a show. I saw Drab Majesty and Cold Cave. They're like kind of 80s electronic kind of goth pop stuff. Glam uh, goth. Yeah, I painted my nails black, shaved my beard, wore eyeshadow. Yeah, it was a good time. Drank a lot, <clears throat> danced a lot, sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. Got home. It took fucking forever to get an Uber last night. How much was the Uber last night? Uh, well, the first one that Haley ordered, it was only like fifteen bucks. Somehow, oh, that's not bad. But he canceled on us. Oh, uh, like it was only fifteen. That's why she. Right. Uh, he saw the surge <laughs> going up. <laughs> uh, she t- she messaged him in the app and was like, "Hey, we're at El Corazon. It's a one way street." And he responded with a thumbs up, and then canceled like two minutes later. Is that a sarcastic? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he was looking for the middle finger emoji or something. (laughs) I couldn't find it. Uh, But he canceled, and then it took forever to get another one. All the people we were with, the Ubers couldn't find the place, or they were held up in traffic or something. I don't know. That's a terrible spot to be picked up. Yeah. You you know that. Yes. Firsthand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the worst. But we made it home, played a couple rounds of Mario Kart, went to bed. Yeah, solid night. Nice. Um, Did you guys have a good Christmas? Pretty solid, pretty standard. Yeah, same. Quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My Christmas was great, except for the moving part. Oh. So, moved into a new home uh, last weekend <laughs> <laughs> and all of the following week. So, I was like, all right, here are your presents, and mom and dad, I need you to help me to box some stuff up. <laughs> like our entire apartment. Yeah. Good stuff. Is your, how are you finding your stuff filling the house? Is it pretty empty or? It's really hard to say because the, like tons of stuff is still in boxes or just like, I think we're going to feel like we need more things. I'm assuming you have more space since you moved into it. We do. Well, we have three bedrooms now, but they're all pretty small. And like, who cares if one of the bedrooms doesn't have anything in it? But, um, the living room's pretty big. So I think we're going to have to get a couple of chairs. I don't know. Did you get a bean bag? I said that. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah looked at me. Throw like it in I, the corner. I mean, I didn't mean it seriously, but the look she gave me was like, don't even joke about it. <laughs> That's not funny, Tom. <laughs> nice. Uh, cool. Well, anything else you guys want to mention before we start talking movies? I don't think, don't think so. so. Hell yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be tackling Bumblebee first. So uh, let's go to a clip. This is Tina's house. (laughs) (laughs) And this, it's toilet paper. You use it for when you... Here, just take a roll. No, 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 no. You got... Throw it. Like this. Okay, Bumblebee is the latest film in the 
Transformer Cinematic Universe. Uh, the plot synopsis reads, On the run in the year of 1987, Bumblebee finds refuge in a junkyard in a small Californian beach town. Charlie, on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, discovers Bumblebee, battle-scarred and broken. This is directed by Travis Knight, who directed Kubo and the Two Strings, the Leica animated production. Uh, it stars Haley Steinfeld, uh, Jorge Lindeborg Jr., motherfucking John Cena, Pamela Adlon. So, star-studded cast. Any movie with John Cena in it is star-studded. <laughs> um so Transformers, uh, the first Michael Bay one is okay. It's not an awful movie. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I do enjoy those movies, at least the ones I've seen. Wait, so how many have you seen? The first three. You enjoy all of them? Yes. Even two and three? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> two is awful. I didn't bother with three or four or five. Give Wait, is this some... is this five or six? There were two Mark Wahlberg one, one, ones, right? Yeah. Okay. I've only seen the original. Give me the some first two. Bot on bot action. I'm in. You didn't. None of us saw the last night. Uh -uh, or Age of Extinction. That it, was the it, fourth one, right? No, I think that was the third one. No, that's the uh, Dark of the Moon. I thought that was the second one. That's um. Fuck! It's not Dark of the Moon though. <laughs> is it wait? Is the second one Age of Extinction? No, that's no? four. Second one's called Cars vs. Planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is the second one? That's gonna drive me crazy now. Well, you can look that up. Um, Big truck fall hard. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is, is it Revenge of the Fallen. Yes, that was this. That was the second one, right? I think so. Yeah, Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the. Okay, you're right. Um, so this is Bumblebee's prequel story. So first one that Michael Bay has not directed. The prequel to his origin story. Yes. Man, I can't wait to get all of the origin stories of all the fucking For Transformers. Transformers. <laughs> We're going to see Optimus Prime. We're going to, it'll be like a Superman story. We're going to see, um, what's the, who's the bad? Megatron. Megatron. Oh God. I don't want to do that. It's going to be huge. He's going to have like a like a Bruce Wayne origin story and watches his parents uh, get murdered in front of him. Turns to evil. Maybe more like Vegeta, actually. Vegeta. For <laughs> sure. Um, so I've been saying basically all year that this movie looks good. And you guys have been making fun of me. Mm -hmm. uh, trailer is bad. It's yeah. a great trailer. <laughs> no. I've been saying the whole time. <laughs> it looks really bad. And uh, you know what? I don't know about you, Travis, but uh, Bumblebee is pretty good. I actually dug it as well. Tom didn't see this one because he's a lame -o. Yeah, yeah, can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is easily the best Transformers movie. Uh, I mean, unless you, unless we're talking like maybe the on, 80s on a story level, one. and on an act, well, Mo most cohesive. <laughs> yes, uh, there is not a ton of action in this movie. But especially when you compare it to the other Transformers movies, because those are just wall to wall action. Yeah. Um, but the moments that there are action, I thought were pretty good. The opening sequence was pretty rad. That was cool. Yeah. It takes place on their planets. I don't remember what it's called because I'm not a Transformers nerd. Um, and it doesn't matter. Lego planet. They basically flee the planet and then they send Bumblebee to Earth and all the other uh, Autobots are supposed to like 
they're supposed to spread be spread across the universe and they're all going to meet on earth essentially. So Bumblebee is the first one to go to earth. Um, that's when he meets Haley Steinfeld's character. He gets, he turns into like a yellow beetle. She finds him in a junkyard and then, uh, hilarity ensues. Similar to the first transformers. Uh huh. Yeah. Cause Not what? Unlike <laughs> other movies. <laughs> Because uh, is Bumblebee the one that Shia LaBeouf finds in the first one? Mm-hmm. Or is, he does? Okay. Yeah. But he's like a yellow like charger, right? Or is that... Yeah, it's like an old school muscle car. Okay. Spoilers for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so he's I a don't know why bug. they didn't do a beetle. <clears throat> beetle makes way more sense. Well, it's a punchline. You got to see the movie, Tom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> uh, this movie is... Totally solid. Uh, there's lots of hearts. Um, Killer soundtrack. Oh, yeah. The this, this soundtrack of this movie is I'm awesome. I'm 100% going to watch this when it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. On a plane? Probably <laughs> this, on this a plane. Would, especially compared to the other Transformers movies, there's not as much action. So this this would be an okay uh, plane movie. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's a lot of just uh, like... Haley Steinfeld's character building the relationship with Bumblebee, some like visual gags. It's basically E.T. Yeah. Okay. This is very much drawing from like eighties Spielberg <laughs> stuff. Yeah. How Big is E.T. vibes? How is uh, Haley Steinfeld? She's good. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. Is she? No, she's not in. Okay, I remember her from True Grit mm-hmm. and from Edge of Seventeen, mm-hmm. which I didn't see, but oh. you guys loved it, right? Yeah, I yeah. liked it a lot. Um, she's kind of playing the same type of character in this one. Oh, she seemed perfect. like she was going to be a big star when True Grit came out. Yeah, she's been doing. She's stuff. a singer though, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was in the Pitch Perfect movies. She's doing it all. Yeah, she's she huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of humor. Uh, I didn't like. It, it does a good job of building the emotional connection. You know, you actually feel for these characters. You feel for Bumblebee. I mean, he's always been the most sympathetic Transformer because he's like sweet and he can't talk. Well, and um, he, isn't he kind of like the baby of the group too? Yeah, yeah, he's the youngest one. Um, he's small too compared the to the other youngest, Transformers. The youngest Transformer. <laughs> I don't get it. Built, built <laughs> most recently. <laughs> yeah, where do Transformers even come from? How do you make a Transformer? The All Spark. Uh, <laughs> Metal Shop. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Um, but yeah, so the movie is is building towards uh, this conflict because the Decepticons pretty early on. Almost immediately, actually, find where Bumblebee went. So they're trying to find Bumblebee so they can figure out uh, where Optimus Prime is. Um, it's definitely not a perfect movie. There are some pretty dumb. There's some dumb shit that happens in this movie, particularly with the uh, like the government and their relationship to the Decepticons, because they very they okay. basically give up their entire like satellite system to the decepticons because the decepticons are like oh yeah bumblebee's a bad guy beef 147 really or whatever. <laughs> we need your help to find this rogue alien or whatever and then they're just like yeah totally have full access to our satellites and shit yeah okay so if you take the trailer and then you take out the parts where john cena is dressed like a general i would think good movie maybe <laughs> Maybe okay, but that looked so bad. Well, John He's Cena not great, is fantastic. No, <laughs> are, are you- best supporting actor nomination <laughs> f- for sure. Um, just such you know this nuance. 
He can do so much with his eyes <laughs> and his face. Um, yeah, I John Cena. See an award get okay, good. <laughs> he's yeah. he's terrible. I he's awful. See him win an award, and then like the award just moves up on stage. You can't see John. Cena. <laughs> <laughs> he um yeah he he has some like joke lines. Uh, his delivery is terrible. He's he's a bad actor. He's got a ton of charisma. I enjoyed watching him, but he's a bad actor. Like he's not The Rock. Not that The Rock is a good you know great actor, but. Yeah, I just don't think he can pull off this kind of role. I think some of his like comedic roles, he does a fine job. In. Oh yeah, like, for sure. You he's know, hilarious. He's train like, wreck. You know, limited, but he's so funny. Him being <laughs> like the main villain in this just didn't really work. Yeah, main human villain at least. He's yeah. I mean, he's kind of a villain. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he does have some sympathy. He he knows a little bit more about the situation, but he does definitely have like a vendetta against the right. Aliens, didn't you know? they try and like towards the end? Without spoiling. Yeah. Yeah. He his character has a turn. Um he goes from a heel to a face, let's say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh about face. <laughs> he did have one pretty funny line. Do you remember when they're in the they're in the house after uh Haley Steinfeld got caught with the alien and uh John Cena's uh, or no uh Haley Steinfeld's like stepdad makes a joke about or not a joke, but he was like, Oh I I thought maybe you found out that one time I stole something a long time ago, and then John Cena goes, yeah, we know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, solid action. The humor, for the most part, works. Yeah, some funny parts. Decent performances. I like her, not love interest, but her her buddy, He's kind of blooming love interest. In a few things. Wasn't he in Love, Simon? Yeah, he was one of the friends. Yeah. He was in something else I just watched recently, too, I think. Drawn a blank, though. He's he- going to be huge. No. Oh, yeah. He's the next uh, Barry Keegan. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It's a totally good popcorn movie. You know, yeah. very enjoyable. Very solid. Not the worst Transformers movie. It's the best Transformers <laughs> movie. Come on. <laughs> I remember the first one was like an event. You oh know? yeah, it was the summer. No one had seen Megan Fox before the trailer. Every high school boy was like. I'm seeing Transformers. The CG effects, too. Yeah, yeah. The there CG. was... So the movie toward the end does get a little sentimental and tries to pull out the heartstrings. Uh, there was a grown-ass man sitting next to me that was, like, sobbing at the end of this movie. <laughs> nice. It worked. I got a little bit... Not not choked up, but I it was one of those aww moments where Bumblebee says, um, <clears throat> uh, thank you for giving me my voice or something like oh, that yeah. with the radio. Ugh. A little choked up. It's good chip. Hey, your your guys' boy Jorge is gonna be in uh, Alita: Battle Angel. Oh yeah! Oh, he was in Spider Man and Brigsby Bear. Spider Man. Oh yeah! Homecoming. Who Brigsby is... Bear. That's I don't know. Oh, isn't the Kyle Mooney? Uh, yeah, Kyle Mooney movie. Oh, Kyle. Well, I'll talk about it later. Kyle Mooney was in another movie that I watched. Um, Anything else on Bumblebee? Really not much to say. It's a pretty, not, gen- it's, I guess, run of the mill. It's a pretty solid blockbuster movie. Yeah. 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 But yeah, definitely solid. Totally worth a watch. Entertaining. Worth a watch. Okay. Like I, was- I said, as soon as it's free and Sarah's not around and I'm really bored, I'll watch it. <laughs> there you go. When all those conditions are met. I would <laughs> like to go re, well, watch the ones I haven't seen and then rewatch the first three because it's been a while. Why? Just to make sure. Of what? They're terrible movies? Well, if because as I stand right now, they're good, in my <laughs> opinion. 
yeah, I will not. Mainly for the action. No, the action is bad. I'm Dude, with the Matt. action in three is insane. It's terrible. You You've can't see anything. It's like watching. Well, no, I haven't seen okay. it in three. Just like a really up close watch or something There's no, just, it doesn't even look as good as a watch does you can't tell what the fuck is happening yeah it's, giant like robot snake in the third one it's i remember amazing. that from the trailer and then the the dudes gliding with the little like whatever they're called wings the like the wingsuit wing thing yeah like the call oh, of duty okay. black <laughs> the, the action in those movies it's just it's too sweet. it's too hectic it's just all moving parts you can't yeah. tell what's going on yeah I hate this that. movie does a much better job of actually being able to see what's happening mm. within these action scenes. It's not just a bunch of moving robot parts. I felt I could pretty closely follow the action in this. Yeah, but I don't think the action in the other ones are terrible. What came Maybe first? a little chaotic at Transformers times. Transformers or Rock'em Sock'em robots? Mm. I mean, GoBots. What are those? That's what Transformers ripped off GoBots. Oh. But nobody remembers GoBots because they sucked. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some people were like, what if we combined Rock'em Sock'em with GoBots? Boom. That's a franchise. Oh, real quick before we move on. <laughs> uh, the Transformers movies have made a shitload of money. Uh, this one has not. I think last time I checked, it made like $30 million at the domestic box office or yeah, something. Well, they fucked the audience over four times. Well, even the last one, even the last night, made like six hundred million worldwide. No, that was the last chance they I were going to give it. Well, who goes know. and see, sees these movies? Middle-aged men, yeah, and, and little kids. <laughs> and I feel like this one, they were trying to gear it towards a different audience. Yeah, I mean, the protagonist is a girl, a Younger, young girl. Yeah, uh, it's definitely more, a little more cutesy. Good. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I guess I can see why it didn't appeal to the core Transformers demographic, but they can get fucked. Doesn't have Mark Wahlberg in it. That's true. Get <laughs> they got John Cena in there to try to appeal to the, the middle-aged dads. But How does the voice of Optimus Prime? Because he does get to me. I'm like, ooh, I would uh, listen to it's that It's someone guy. famous. Mm-hmm. like a... Who does Optimus Prime, really? Well, he, he's in the movie. Uh, I got the cast list pulled up here. Did they get the right Optimus, though, to do the voice for this one? Bumblebee. We need you on <laughs> Earth. <laughs> Take I'd... the all spar. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. He's not listed here. Memo. Oh, what did you think of uh, the stepdad? I thought he was pretty funny. Kind of annoying. Yeah, he was pretty funny. They got some good moments out of him. I'm looking it up for you, Tom. Oh, Peter Cullen. Who's that? I know the name. I feel like that's not the guy who did the the other ones. Is he not? No, he is. He's. I, I pulled up his page here. Oh yeah. Dark of the Moon, Age of Extinction, Last Night. He's old, dude. This guy's like seventy something years old. Anyway, oh my dude, all of his credits are fucking Transformers. And Winnie the Pooh. He's been doing. Tra- Who does he do? In Eeyore. He does oh, Eeyore. Makes sense. I, I got his list up here. Okay, let's uh, draw some star ratings and move on. I'm going for. I'm also going for. Tom, you gonna rate the trailer? Two point five. <laughs> that's generous for that research. <laughs> no, that's a great feeling. Been saying it all this time. Uh, okay, that's gonna do it for Bumblebee. Let's move on to Bird Box. We have a clip. Let's listen. Shit! What? What is a car? Stop this! Stop! The stop! Road. Stop! Just go around. Move! It. Move! Move! Let me go. If this thing gets any worse. You're gonna want to be off the roads and on a damn horse. Trust me. 
shit, 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 shit. People have to stop being so stupid. Just go, 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 go. I am not running a red light. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. Just drive the car. You gotta let me just drive, okay? You're freaking me out. Seriously, just let me do it. Okay, Bird Box is a Netflix original film directed by Suzanne or Susan Beer. Plot synopsis reads, five years after an ominous unseen presence drives most of society to suicide, a mother and her two children make a desperate bid to reach safety. Uh, film stars Sandra Bullock, Travante Rhodes, John Malkovich, Sarah Paulson, Jackie Weaver, Stacked cast. Danielle McDonald. B.D. Wong. Dude, every, every five, ten minutes, I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, he's in it. Dude, even fucking Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly is in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what that guy looked like, but he's a uh, Felix, I guess. MGK. So, uh, people are fucking losing their minds over this movie. Yeah. Ne- Netflix said, like, over 45 million different accounts stream this movie. Wow. Uh, there's memes everywhere. I heard a rumor that Netflix was responsible for distributing some of those to the generate names? buzz. Yeah. Well, that that's good marketing. Yeah. If that's true. It definitely caught on because they're fucking everywhere. Why this now. movie? Can we start with that question? Like why? Well, Sandra Bullock. I mean, people love her. I it's guess. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It looks creepy. Thriller. Yeah. Interesting premise. I follow. It's right the, there for the taking. The Blazers on Instagram. And they do, you know, they have a social media team and they had a picture of Damian Lillard, like with his eyes wide open, he was like making a pass or something. And at the bottom, it just says watching bird box. (laughs) This play, this movie's everywhere. Yeah. So, um, Tom did not see this one either. So this one's just me and Travis. And why? Why didn't I see it? Because you didn't want to kill yourself? No, you guys hadn't. I don't know. You called me a loser or something. Not watching this. <laughs> um, this movie. Who's the loser now. Uh, well, yeah. This movie is fucking hot dog garbage. <laughs> it is awful. Yes, I will second that. Yeah, I like. I w- like from the first few minutes. I was like, I hope this movie gets better because this. Like, I did. I really didn't know much about the premise. I just I had seen the brief trailer, like the Netflix trailer thing. Yeah. Saw that everybody was watching it, and I was like, oh well, this looked kind of good, and it's getting okay reviews. Yeah. Some people love this. It's movie. positive on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it's the worst movie I've seen, all 2018. I think it's at the bottom of my list as well. It was fucking awful. I text Matt halfway through and said, more like turd box, am I right? <laughs> Used the same joke on Chelsea's brother when he came over, mm-hmm. and he said, how is it? And I said, it's full of poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the premise is just... Get it? Turd box? <laughs> <laughs> what is there to get? <laughs> uh, the premise is so idiotic, and the whole movie hangs on it. It's laughable. Everything it's that happens. Worse than the happening. Yes. The happening. I would rather watch the happening. The happening at least is like so bad it's entertaining. Yeah. I was not entertained at all by this movie. It takes itself so seriously, but it's so stupid. It's such a dumb idea for a movie. They don't do anything cool with the mechanic. The so there's like 
the movie is split between uh, like five years in the future or whatever. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic thing. It just runs off a series of, of science, like post-apocalyptic tropes. Yeah. All the stuff that happens like at the time of the outbreak is so stupid. Like the way they, because they don't explicitly say what caused it, but there is a character who goes out of the way to provide a potential possibility for what occurred. And essentially it's the rapture is kind of, it's Brian Tyree Henry's character. That's his name, right? No, that's not Brian Tyree Henry. Is it the guy from get out? Uh, I don't think the so. friend, I think that's Brian no. Tyree Hen- Henry is a, uh, that's Atlanta. That's the guy from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, widows. Mm, yeah. That guy. Um, Lil Rel. That's his name. Lil Rel Howery. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he basically played. <laughs> his character is just all exposition. Like all he does is talk about like his novel that he's writing, which happens to be about this exact Dude, thing. When he linebackers that guy at the store, like coming through the door, so stupid. <laughs> oh my god, the the writing is awful in this movie. The performances are bad. It's a good cast, really but they're the performances are trash. Like, Toronto Rhodes is. Awful. He's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Trevante Rhodes uh, he, from Moonlight, The Predator. Um, I feel like he hasn't really given a good performance since, since Moonlight. Since Moonlight, no. <laughs> Wait, Barry who? Jenkins just knows how to use him. Trevante Rhodes. How do you the... spell his name? Oh, I'm looking at... Um, never mind. I was in the wrong place. <laughs> Trevante. The, the, there's very little plot in this movie. Oh, okay. A, a lot of it is just them hanging out in this house and obviously like one by one they're gonna do something stupid they're gonna their numbers are gonna dwindle every character just fits like they're all they're all stereotypes yeah Yeah, they all serve different purposes whether it's to be a stereotype or whether it's to give exposition everyone is just cookie cutter bullshit yeah i just thought it was like completely silly i couldn't take any of it serious and I, I the movie really started to lose me uh towards the middle when they are driving to the grocery store that was so stupid. i thought that was going to be like a cool idea the like using the proximity sensors but it was a bad scene. <laughs> no it was it was awful they basically like black out the windows and... yeah and it just feels like a bunch of other movies that i actually enjoy a lot like it has like Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead vibes. Mm-hmm. It feels like a quiet place meets like the happening. I'm not saying the happening's a good movie, but um it's definitely most reminiscent of that. But yeah, it's just it's like one of the it's like the mist or like the thing, you know, where it's like a trapped group and they're all trying to survive something and but it's just the the worst version of those movies. Yeah. And it takes itself so seriously. Like she, the the children in the movie are literally named boy and girl, and they don't say it outright. But it's like obviously she's doing that because she doesn't want to get attached to the kids in this world. Who knows how long they're gonna last? But she's still like their names become boy and girl. She still gets attached to them. She does everything for them. So it totally like counteracts what kind of I don't know thematic weights that would have carried by having them just be named boy and girl yeah um we don't have to do spoilers but the ending of this movie is so stupid and like saccharine like it's supposed to be a happy ending and it is a happy ending but just 
I don't want to spoil it because I'm not going to give the movie the time of day to actually dedicate like a spoiler section to it. But they and they basically find safety, and where they find safety is so stupid. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah. they find a school. I guess I'll say. Oh my god, it's uh and then is there a man in a wheelchair at this school? Yes, there is. It's not. It's not. X Men, but <laughs> yes, there is a man in a wheelchair. Um, just everything about this movie—it was atrocious. Okay, like I have no good things to say about this movie. Yeah, it was hard to finish it. Hmm. It sounds horrible. I will say I was never bored. It does drag a little bit, but I did want to see it through to the end. And I'm—it was fun to hate watch the second. Yes, half. yes, for sure. <laughs> Um, I don't see what, what how people enjoy this movie. It's is it it's garbage, scary at all? No. no. Uh-uh. Do you ever see the thing? No. Okay. I just think it's one of those movies that people watch and just think it was like you know they could have spent their time doing worse things. Well, like, I also... just like a such like backhanded compliment to the movie. Like, well, it was on Netflix, and you know, just Sandra Bullock. So... <laughs> I feel like. It... The people who have been enjoying this movie are just on board with the premise. Like, I, I just couldn't get over how stupid the premise was. So everything yeah, it's was a gimmicky laughable. thing, you know. Like, people, heard, you know, the Quiet Place. Oh my God, you can't make a sound. Hey, <laughs> watch your mouth. Do you appreciate a Quiet Place more after seeing this? Not more, no. Okay, darn. You know what I mean? Now <laughs> people go, they go batshit for that stuff. That's why. People like Hush, even though it's horrible. Yeah. I can't remember which one of you guys liked it. I did. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not amazing. I think A Quiet Place is amazing, though. Very well done. It's very well it, done. It That's was about good. it, though. For what it was, it was really good. It was fine. Mm. <laughs> More than fine. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, anything else about this piece of shit movie? Uh, I don't have a lot to say. If you're not one of the uh, losers who already watched it, I would say skip it. Yes. <laughs> if you got the wool pulled over your eyes and you enjoyed this trash film, even sucks though to be you. walking around was with that a blindfolds was just so silly. A pun? I missed it. A pun? Wool pulled over your eyes? Oh, because they oh, wear yeah. blindfolds. Yeah. Yes. I maybe mean, pun's the wrong word, but okay. Well, it's play on words. Zinger. Zinger. Got him. <laughs> All right, star ratings. One. One. It is officially at the bottom of my list, and I have seen a lot of movies this year. Yeah, hey, what's your count up to? For 2018? Yeah. Like 160. What? <laughs> 100 and, like, 2018 films? Yeah. 160? No, 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 yeah. no, no. Oh, for just movies watched? Yes. Oh, Netflix hasn't reported, or not Netflix, Letterboxd hasn't reported out yet. They'll give me my year-end count. Probably within the next day or two, I would think. Yeah. Because usually when that comes out. Or t- probably pushing 400. <laughs> some guy some guy I follow on Twitter saw 900-something. That's insane. Yeah. That's like three movies a day almost. Yeah. Um, so what's his job? Watching film critic, disability. I <laughs> 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 I, can't, I can't imagine watching that many movies. Because I watch so many sometimes that, like, I feel like I can't even keep one straight from the other. This time of year, though, I go, I go hard. Yeah, I mean, we'll have 
a lot to talk about in what we've been watching. I, I saw a lot of probably shit. won't bring up half the stuff I saw just because I watched so many. It's yeah, most of them are not worth mentioning. Okay, that's gonna be it for Bird Box uh, or Turd Box, as Travis coined. So right. we're gonna go ahead and move on to the real star of the show, another Netflix original film. We're gonna be talking Chroma. Other, other side of the spectrum. Yes. Indeed. Not to give it away, but yes. Okay, let's go to a clip. Yo también quisiera brindar eh, y agradecerles a todos que hayan venido desde tan lejos, unos, eh. Pero quiero agradecer especialmente a uno que ustedes siempre le han dicho tonto, imbécil, cabezón, pero es un tipo de gran corazón. Quiero brindar por mi hermano. Por tu felicidad, Armando. Sí. A la felicidad de Raúl. Que disfrutes de todos los placeres de la vida. Aunque sea la destrucción de la familia. All right, Roma is the new film from director Alfonso Cuaron, who is responsible for Gravity. E2 Mama Tambien, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Children of Men. Uh, this is a Netflix original, as I said before we went to the clip. And Pan's Labyrinth, sort of. What? He's what? attached to it some way. Quaron? Is he? Mm -hmm. Really? Maybe a producer or something. Oh, yeah. Did I you see know. it on his credits or something? Or? Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, plot synopsis. A story that chronicles a year in the life of a middle-class family's maid in Mexico City in the early 1970s. Uh, this is not autobiographical, but uh, there it is drawing... Quaron is drawing from his own childhood with this film. It's very personal. Um, we, should, we should say it's a Netflix film, but Travis and I saw it on the big screen. Tom saw it at home. One of the best screens in Seattle. Yeah, Cinerama. I was actually pretty happy with my home home watching experience. Yeah. Well, you have, a, you have a nice TV. Like, this is not something that you should watch on, like, a phone or a tablet. You know what no, I mean? No, not at all. But just, like, you know, it's just sort of the intimacy, the privacy. It's quiet and dark. It's good. Where do you guys want to start with this one? I guess just general impressions. Who wants yeah. to go first? I mean, I'll start. I was just going to say that the movie is beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh maybe up until like the last 40 minutes i was like not super like I, I was enjoying it aesthetically but beyond that i wasn't really there but the last 40 minutes movie just skyrocketed right into the upper echelon of my 2018 movies mm. my uh i would agree almost like exactly down to the minute mark like i was enjoying the movie but i was like ah people were calling this a masterpiece like i don't see it yet and then right. the last probably the last third of the film there's a scene when the maid character goes on a trip to go see someone in her life uh and from that point on it's like so good yes and, but then it also it makes you reevaluate uh the beginning of the movie because you look at it in a different light because uh, it's very slow it's the slow pace but that's crucial mm -hmm. to developing her character exactly i said the same thing to sarah um but yeah it's just impeccable craft like it looks amazing the framing the imagery 
uh, the staging, everything. Ugh, it yeah. looks, it's gorgeous. Probably the most beautiful film of 2018, just on an aesthetic level. Top notch. Yeah, I will say that, so I liked it a lot. Probably not as much as you guys, though. Um, I think it did look amazing, but it was maybe missing, like, one or two, like, awe moments that, like, Children of Men or Gravity have. I, I know very they're different. very different. Like, those ones are more spectacle. This is kind of like a quieter, like... This movie's more of a Call Me By Your Name type thing for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you... I mean, there's, like, no action in this. Well, there's, like, kind of one scene of action, I guess. Yeah, kind of. But, I mean, t- to your point, I feel like this movie does have those, like, show-stopping moments. Like, my heart dropped multiple times watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Two scenes in particular. example? Yeah. Uh scene involving so the, the maid is pregnant so uh there's like a you were alluding to an, an action scene there was like a explosion and there's some sort of chaos yeah chaos happening so she goes into labor uh the scene in the hospital it's a static static shot and it's one of the best scenes of the year for me um devastating and then the end with the ocean the end yeah the ocean shot that that yeah, whole that scene good. in the water just ugh I think Incredible. I was maybe expecting just a little more just from all the hype. And oh, no, that was like, that was perfect for me. <laughs> and I feel like I also just maybe didn't resonate with the story and characters as much as I wanted to. Um, like there's elements of childhood in there that I think anyone can kind of cling on to, but I didn't grow up in Mexico. It was just a very different upbringing than my own. So it was hard for me to like resonate with them. And then also with the main character being like, a housemaid, a woman pregnant, like that's also not my experience at all either. So it was just, I was a little more distant with the movie than I wanted to be or should have been. And I think, so I think that's the strength of this movie, even though I can't really relate to the material because it's set in a time before I was born. I mean, you know, I, my, my dad's side of the family is, is Mexican. He grew up in Mexico, but that wasn't my experience. So I guess I have a little bit more of a, like a, a connection to the material than you would. Yeah. But I still, it doesn't match my experience, but I, I felt the movie feels lived in. You know what I mean? It's very personal and I grew to really, really feel for the main character. And I just, everything she goes through, it just like, it cut me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the strength of the movie is that even though 99% of the people who see this movie can't really relate to the material, there are universal aspects of it that just kind of speak to to family and the human condition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if there's any negatives about the movie, it's, probably my own fault that (laughs) like i'm not going to fault the movie for me not being as attached to it as i want it to be but i do feel like i might enjoy it more on a rewatch i really do want to having seen you know the end and how it relates to the beginning of it Mm. um yeah mostly non-actors i think or non-professional actors yeah i didn't recognize anyone (laughs) but he gets some really good performances i think you can tell she's not an actor, but I think you get a really, really good performance out of out of the lead, the maid. Yeah, she was Cleo. incredible. Yeah, um, just the way that she interacts with the characters, like the dialogue scenes, it feels very natural. Like this movie feels yeah. very organic. Yeah. Are we doing spoilers on this? Um, we can. 
Do you feel like what you want to discuss? Oh, well, I may depth? want to say one or two things, and I don't want to spoil it. I feel like they're kind of spoilery. Yeah, we, we can do a brief spoiler section. Um, but any other general impressions, anything you guys want to point out? I, I really think that the most noticeable thing about this film, the one that I feel like everyone has to agree on, is just the craft. Like it's immaculate. It's, it's yeah. everything about it, the way everything is framed, the staging. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, finish. you can just like... This is one of those movies that will be you know taught, like where you can just pause here. What are you seeing? Like, how do you interpret this scene? How are you supposed to feel? That kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's a master working at the top yeah. of his game. There's like, nothing. There's nothing. There's, there's no so extra. much going on too in each frame, like all the background yeah. characters and just mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and it's so varied because there will be like very distant shots where there's so much going on in the frame. There will be very close up shots, very intimate feeling. It does everything. Everything from a craft stance serves a purpose. It benefits the narrative in some regard. Every, every choice, aesthetic choice that Quora made in this benefits the story. Yeah. Like just a perfect merger of, and a couple of like repeated motifs. Mm -hmm. Um, the airplanes and the, car i think most notable for me the dog shit the dog shit too (laughs) (laughs) and there there is some humor in the movie too not a ton but it feel again it feels organic you know what i mean um another scene maybe we can get to it a little bit more in spoiler but the uh the father of the child is not in his life she's pregnant he's not in the picture so there's there's a scene where she goes to find him that was also tough to watch Oh yeah, his character was also kind of kind of humorous. He's like a karate like <laughs> I don't he's know what the what the martial art that he practices is, but he's yeah very interesting character. Okay, anything else you guys want? I think everyone needs to watch this movie. I hope some people were able to check it out in a theater because I do think it it really pops. Um, yeah. Film digitally too. Yeah. It's being projected on 70 millimeter uh, some places, but it was filmed digitally. So that's two uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Roma, two Netflix uh, mm-hmm. films shot digitally that look incredible. Mm-hmm. Bird Box looked good. No, it didn't. Yeah, some of the shots and like all the stuff on the river. I mean, th- that's just the natural beauty of that, the river. That mist. You got to capture it, though. Just point a frame. camera at it. They didn't do anything. No, Bird Box <laughs> is trash. Even the way, like, it's not in the same conversation as the two. The you fact just that you even brought it into this but... conversation offends me. <laughs> well, to take it one step further, I think most movies made the, these days are well shot. Like most of them look good. Well, most of the ones that yeah, because like, it's so easy to get your hands on a quality camera yeah. now, and like there's so much access to like other material and resources these days compared to back in the day like movies back in the day are some of them are pretty rough as far as like the filmmaking quality yeah all i'm saying is bird box looked decent at least looked decent yeah okay (laughs) I, i see what you're saying now but the way that movie is edited and so Bird sure, Box the, is a picture of somebody's dinner on Instagram. Roma <laughs> is a painting in a museum. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Do we want to do a little brief spoiler section on this one? Sure. Okay. Let's uh, drop star ratings. 4.5 for now. Mm. 
got to rewatch it. Five stars. Yeah, big time. Big time. We'll be talking about this one next episode. <laughs> That's for sure. We sure will. Um, okay, so if you haven't seen Roma yet, we're going to do a real brief spoiler discussion here. So check the show notes. And do not listen because the spoilers <clears throat> make the movie. You need to go in untainted to really get the most out of this movie. Um, okay, so do we want to start with the uh, the hospital scene? Because I think that's it's not the middle of the movie, probably closer to two thirds, but that's like the emotional. It's the penultimate. Piece. It's like the uh, the false peak of the movie. Yes. Um, so she goes into labor after the chaos breaks out in the streets, and it's a static shot in the hospital room, and she gives birth. The baby is stillborn. You watch them try to resuscitate. Right next to her. Right next to her. She watches it. They try, what, three or four times, and then they call it. And then they say, like, do you want to say goodbye? Something like that. And yeah. she holds. Oh, my God. It was so It's the first scene watch. where you really see the character become truly vulnerable. You know, she has to be, like, pretty stoic throughout the rest of Because life's hard for her, you know? So this is where you, where you really, at least for me, uh, that was the first time I was really feeling strong emotions at the same time that she was too. You know, it just amped it up. Well, there's also right right prior to the scene when they get to the hospital, um, she is part of the family, but there's this like key moment in the mm-hmm. hospital where I think it's is it the grandma? Yeah, she's talking to like the receptionist and they're trying to get information from her and. Basically, all they know is her first name. They don't really know anything about her. No, that was a good touch. Yeah, it, it was a great. That was a great moment because you don't really get a lot of interaction between. Like the grandma never acknowledges her. Like right. she'll let her out of the car. She doesn't say anything. Not a thank you. She never gets mad at her. She just like ignores her basically. Yeah, she's as far as she's concerned, she's she's not there. She's yeah. just the help. She's not part of the family. Right. But as the movie progresses and the whole family becomes a little bit more desperate. And a little bit more in need of each other, then and then in the, the like those those moments of tension uh, when the main character goes into labor, that's when you see them kind of connect. I forget exactly when, but doesn't she say at one point that like she didn't want the baby? She says that um, at the end, right, right after the ocean, yeah, situation, yeah. And do we think that's partly just because of the absent father and? Potentially, maybe, like, just what's going on in the world around her. Yeah, she just didn't... I mean... I don't think she wanted to bring a baby into the world in her situation. I thought yeah. she just didn't know how she was going to take care of it. Yeah. Like, she clearly, clearly was worried about what her family would think. She didn't have a father. She had no support system. Well, and then just, like, I don't know exactly what was going on as far as, like, the the time. But, like... There was definitely some like chaos in her Mm. town, at least. Yes, yes. that could also maybe want to. It's kind of like the whole thing, like first reformed, or just like the question, like, right? Could you bring someone into this world knowing? Yeah, I didn't interpret it. I didn't interpret it as like quite that philosophical of an approach. I thought it was more just specific to her situation. Like, I am so fucked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did think it was kind of sweet how the end of the movie is basically like she has her family sort of but that's one of the like that's 
also the beauty of this movie is it's not it's still not black and white like right. mom still treats her like a employee you know she still gets pissed at her for stupid shit when she shouldn't yeah and they have kind of this connection but it's not it's not real family right but the end of the, the whole ocean scene kind of like changes that a bit right I don't know. I wasn't sure how to feel about that. Like, it was a real moment for yeah. sure. But is yeah. it going to carry on and become something like, I don't know. What did you think, Matt? Well, I think that was a, a bonding moment for the family. But at the end of the day, she is still just the help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do think it brought them together and maybe made them empathize with her a little bit more. But still. I yeah, mean, it's supposed to be a complex yeah. relationship. Yeah. Well, I think it's also there to illustrate the fact that like she's taken for granted basically you know she's done a lot for that family and they do care about her and they do say she's part of the family but still you know i don't know if she's really given the credit she deserves i uh yeah i was wondering oh one of the things that you said earlier matt was how you think about the beginning of the movie differently or like the the lead up so when the when the baby is stillborn, I was remembering all these scenes where, like, I it, I think it was intentional, but while she's pregnant, there are scenes where, like, maybe she's running through the sidewalk or she's crossing the street and the view that you get is profiled to her with the traffic oncoming, you know? And some of the driving is mm. a little bit crazy in that movie and you're always thinking, okay, is she going to get hit? Like, something bad is going to happen you're worried about the baby whether or not you're consciously thinking about it right, or it's right. a, or it's an obvious thing and then so when it when it finally happens and the baby's stillborn it's like you worked you know you as an audience member kind of worked for for that birth to go well and then it doesn't yeah it, it only adds to how devastating that scene is yeah exactly was there something else that you were thinking of for the lead up to the to the end of the movie no that no. you thought of thought of differently not no not specifically it's just a lot of it is kind of fly on the wall observing the family dynamic there's really not a ton of plot early on a lot of it is just you know cleaning up the movie opens with a drain and the water like coming down to the drain and she's scrubbing dog shit off of the floor you know it's a lot of just like the menial the medial tasks of of her work mm-hmm. um and then she starts to develop as a as a human you know we get to see more about her how she interacts with the family is that is that her sister that she lives with upstairs or just a friend because they look very similar i think i was unclear i don't think they're sisters that. Because remember, she says you should go see your mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She does say that. Um, I actually. So at the beginning of the movie, you get um, the explanation of how the subtitles work. Right. It says if it's in brackets, it means like uh, Mex something. Um, it it wasn't Spanish. So I was interpreting oh, that. Oh, I think as, it was um, like a like a native dialect. Exactly. So I think that they are from the same region and they share a native dialect that is sort of like, you know, mostly Spanish, but with some 
some local changes mm-hmm. so, spice thrown in there exactly and that's how they <laughs> that's how they speak with each other but they also throw in <clears throat> just spanish and when they're talking to the family it's all spanish so i just assume that they're from the same area but yeah. not necessarily the same village or the same family yeah totally the uh humor surrounding the parking of the car was pretty good yeah it was, it was a, great <laughs> it was a good gag <laughs> what do you guys oh i mean what did you think about it like the parking thing or what do you mean yeah just like what that represented the car i don't know if i really read into the car so much as it's a how quickly and easily and neatly the car is parked is a reflection of kind of the state of the family because you know early on i think it's the the dad the father Mm -hmm. he pulls right in perfect amount of room on each side and then as the movie progresses and kind of the family dynamic is falling apart like she starts hitting things and then she there's one scene where she just comes flying in and bashes off the sides of the wall you know um so it was a reflection <clears throat> for me anyway of just kind of the chaos within the family and everything's just kind of falling apart yeah less care is given to to that kind of stuff yeah um, i didn't really think about that till just now but well pretty interesting yeah i think that's <laughs> five stars, five stars. Right? <laughs> but i also thought even in the very first scene the father pulls it in you know and he's clearly very meticulous about the whole process as it's most big, dads are <laughs> big procedure you know but then he can't even get out of his own huge fucking car like it doesn't fit you know i was thinking okay so he wants the big badass car but he can't quite pull it off you know what i mean yeah like, yeah he has to squeeze out of the passenger side door and it loses all of the authority and the majesty that he had when he was coming in because he has to scoot across his front seat and then and then get out and there's dog shit everywhere he has to run over dog shit and it's just like it's just a little bit too much and then finally the mother at the end she buys that small car and she says like it fits or something like that or the other one didn't fit yeah it's like okay yeah no this is what a real family is it's not the the show that you had before well we haven't talked about that the father is having an affair so Mm -hmm. we think he's on a work trip but he's been in the city basically the whole time just with his mistress and he just kind of abandons the family so that that's what's happened that's the family dynamic that's happening around her story he gets like no screen time really either he's barely in the movie yeah yeah um okay anything else you guys want to say on roma Mm, no i might try and watch it again though before next episode yeah there's some other stuff the recency effect you know there's other stuff that i feel like i need to see that's i have more distance between i'm to the point where i need to either rewatch some of the ones that are like right there or watch movies i haven't seen that probably have no chance on the list so it's like what do i do yeah combination of both go with the list worthy entries knowing you you'll just watch all of them yeah right (laughs) when in doubt just watch them all (laughs) i don't know i think there's only a couple for me that i still have to watch that i feel like i should not leave out like mandy is one which i think Mm -hmm. we're gonna watch Mm -hmm. we gotta watch if bill street could talk that's the other yeah so when does that come out it's out right now. It's supposed to be. It's playing at Regal right now. Yeah, it's playing at Regal and Sif Uptown, but I think it expands on the fourth, so we should be okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, let's go into what we've been watching, uh, which for me and Travis has been a lot. Okay, um, I'll go first. 
there's a lot of overlap with what me and Travis saw. We a lot of 2018 releases. Um, so I'll, while he's in the bathroom, I'll talk about something I don't think he saw. Um, I watched Dumplin', oh. another Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I didn't really know anything about it, but Haley had read the book. I guess it's a young adult book. Uh, Danielle McDonald is the main character. She plays Dumplin'. Uh, she was Patty Cakes. Mm-hmm. She was also in Bird Box. Um, and the movie is about this, like, show mom played by Jennifer Aniston, like a pageant mom. Uh, she's She was a beauty queen. She is very prevalent in, like, the, the pageant scene. Or, yeah. Um, and Danielle McDonald is a, is a, a big girl. Um, so there's this like animosity between them because clearly Jennifer Aniston had wanted a daughter who was going to carry on the tradition. Um, so she kind of enters a beauty pageant as a fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's this, her own little ragtag group of misfits all join this beauty pageant. Um, anyway, it was good. Uh, there's a, um, heavy Dolly Parton theme throughout. It's her favorite musician. She shares that with her best friend. Um, so Dolly, Part- Dolly Parton's cool. So a lot of the soundtrack is Dolly Parton songs. Um, did you watch this, Travis Dumplin'? I did not. Hey, she was in Bird Box too. That was another yeah. familiar face. Wait, Patty Cakes. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were just talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That was um, Repeat. <laughs> it was it was good. It was enjoyable. It was a, it was a feel good movie. Um, nothing real real special. Uh, it'll make you laugh and it'll make your heart sing, but. It's not oh, that not that will good it? movie. Yeah, will even make my heart. Sing. Yeah, dude, Dolly Parton. <laughs> There's a scene towards the end where she uh, uh, performs a Dolly Parton song. Um, it was good. Does Dolly Parton make a cameo? No, Mm-mm. they fucked up. Come <laughs> on, guys. She's probably old as fuck at this point, isn't she? How old is Dolly Parton? Gotta be in her seventies, right? Older, older than seventies. I think so. She's probably uh, 70, 80 something. Seventy, eighty. Yeah. Um, I gave it like a 3.5 out of 5. It's mm. it's worth a watch, but you know, it's it's a little twee, sentimental. Um, but yeah, it was good. W- won't near the best of movies of the you year. You don't yeah, you don't need to watch this to to determine if it's going to okay. be a contender or anything. You you would enjoy it. It wouldn't be a waste of your time. Uh Dolly Parton is 72 years old. Oh, okay. That's what I love and hate about this time of the year. <sighs> is looks- you go into every movie watching it is this top ten? You're worthy? looking. You're, yeah, you're looking for the next thing. Um, okay, so there there is some stuff that we both watched that's new. Do we want to go over any of that, or should we just knock out some outliers? Because yeah, we're gonna breeze. We, we both watched a lot. So, um, do you want to talk uh, shirkers? Did you talk about shirkers on the last episode? I did for a little bit. You can. I don't have much to say about it. Uh, Tom, do you do you remember Travis talking about Shirkers? This is a, another Netflix film. It sounds familiar. It's a documentary. Um, it's basically uh, this woman who grew up in Singapore. Uh, oh yes, I remember this. One. Made made a movie and then the footage was lost. Yeah. So it's about that. You saw it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was it was good. It was a little disappointing. I think I expected there to be more information about uh this this man who's kind of responsible for like sealing the footage and he kind of did some creepy shit i thought there was going to be more that we find out about him that was going to be like revelatory but yeah you really don't find out too much about it's the guy kind of like a, a serial situation mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. 
the the ending may not be as satisfying as the journey. Yeah, very very solid. Totally worth a watch. Some people have been putting it on top ten lists. Um, it's quite good, but I don't know. There are better documentaries for sure for me anyway this year. Yeah. Um, not too much to say about it. It's a, it's an interesting exercise, but they had a Paris Texas clip in the film. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. <laughs> One of the best scenes Highlight in Paris Texas. Yeah. Whole star add. at it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I saw Shirkers. Um. Oh, I watched this terrible documentary, Perfect Bid: The Contestant Who Knew Too Much. It's about that guy, like Price is Right guy, uh, yeah. who likes to learn how to... He basically memorized all the price prices of the stuff they put up on the show so he could get like down to the dollar, the bids. But the whole movie is just him talking, and he's not a very interesting guy. So when your central mm. subject is not the funnest to listen to, the movie kind of falls apart. So not worth watching. Um, Night Eats the World? You want to talk that one? Oh, sure. Yeah, I did watch that. That's the one we both watched. Um, I've been seeing it popping up on, on Twitter and stuff. Say it again. The Night Eats the World. It's a French zombie movie. Uh, it stars uh, Anders something. He was in... He plays Port the... Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the He was the mass murderer in 22 July. Uh, oh, yeah. He was in... Uh, personal Shopper. Oslo. Yeah, Personal sh- o- Oslo, August 31, something like that. Yeah, yeah 31. something like that. Um, he's good. I like that guy. Um, how did you feel about this? Um, I thought it was decent. It was pretty good. I just felt like it was a little slow. And, I mean, it, it was an interesting, like, take on the zombie genre. But, at, yeah, it was just kind of like a more, like down to earth like it's a very grounded interpretation of yeah. the zombie film it's very small in scale too yeah um i liked it quite a bit i think i rated it like a 4.5 um i liked the pacing i liked uh basically the whole movie takes place in an apartment complex so he's kind of methodically clearing rooms in the in the complex uh like stockpiling food killing time mm-hmm. playing yeah. drums yeah making music and stuff <laughs> it looks it looks good. Yeah, it, it, it it's filmed well. Um, it's, like I said, small in scope, but I do think there's some pretty effective tension uh, in the film. Yeah. I could see how someone would think it's a little boring, but uh, I really liked it. <clears throat> Him uh, basically trying to come to terms with being alone and kind of what that looks like. But he's also someone who is afraid of taking risks. So there's a character, without getting into spoilers, that kind of comes into his life uh that kind of teaches him to take risks and you know like if if he's just gonna live in this apartment complex and wait it out like that's not really living so she kind of convinces him to to take a risk take and, a leap of faith yes a literal leap of faith um and there is that's the theme of 2018 yep leap of faith <laughs> how do i watch this oh where to watch that uh amazon, amazon right prime yeah, yeah prime amazon video. prime i liked it quite a bit it's one of the best uh zombie movies that i've seen in recent years Train to Busan is rad, but they were very, very different. different than this. Yeah. Uh, this is a very intimate zombie film. Yeah. Quite good. <laughs> Sounds like an oxymoron, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly um, enough, it's it's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even some intimacy with uh, with a zombie. He has a full friend. Mm-hmm. I did. That was kind of stupid. He lets that the zombie out, and the zombie just kind of doesn't try and kill him. I yeah. Don't know. Um, yeah. Solid. Don't spoil it, guys. 
Okay. Uh, Travis, you can go ahead. I'm gonna grab a beer. Stuff. Um, All right. Well, um, we have a whole day ahead of us, so I guess just go for it. (laughs) Uh, I'll start at the bottom. I saw Vox Lux. Oh, okay. The new film starring Natalie Portman, directed Mm -hmm. by Brady Corbett. Okay. This one was disappointing Mm. and not quite what I expected. Was it perplexing? It was kind of just all over the place. And I feel like he tried a little too hard. Yeah. I think he's only made a couple movies, but it felt like he was swinging for the fences and came up a little short. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the movie opens up with a bang, I'll say. Was not expecting the way it opened. Uh, very intense though, but uh, quite shocking. Mm. The opening credits are done pretty cool. It's like all done during this like tracking, multiple tracking shots of like this car just going down a windy road. But like he has the whole, it's basically like the end credits are at the beginning of the movie. Like you see everyone's name. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, and it's like really just like artsy the way he does it with like the music, the credits and just the way it's shot. Um, except I feel like he does again, try a little too hard there. Cause like one of the parts, um, one of the cars that's driving down the road is like a paramedic truck. And one of the shots is literally a 360 of the camera as it's like one of the like emergency lights. Oh, like, like, like the camera is the spinning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa, settle down. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is the guy who made it is talented, but a bit of a tryhard, at least with this. Like maybe. Yeah. I feel like he does too have big for his talent, bridges. but some of his stuff was a little too showy. Like I feel like Roma, Coron put his dick on the table, but in a very... <laughs> fashionable kind of way (laughs) Uh um but yeah and then also i was expecting or i wasn't expecting the way the whole story plays out like half the movie is a younger version of the character and then the second half is the older version which is natalie portman um and then another weird thing is the the younger version plays her daughter or the, the actress who plays the younger version plays her daughter in the second part. So that was super confusing. Oh, okay. Because they don't really, like, explain that. It just, you kind of have to they, pick that yeah. up. And I was like, isn't that the same actress who was playing? I was like, is this some, like, weird, like... That also sounds like the director trying too hard and, like, being like, oh, we'll use the yeah. same actress to do it. Because <laughs> Transparent kind of did that, too, the... Uh, they yeah. use actors who play different characters, you know, different yeah. characters. At first I thought it was some like surreal thing where she was talking to a younger version of herself. And I was like, no, that can't be it. And then I finally figured it out. Um, Willem Dafoe is like the narrator of this, hmm. um, which was also, it was kind of like disconnected to the whole movie. I don't know. The, it was kind of a mess, but I do think there are some flashes of brilliance or hope for, him hmm. and even Natalie Portman I feel like she wasn't that great in it and you don't even get to really see her that much because that's the thing I've been hearing most about this movie is that it's the best performance of her career and all this shit not even close <laughs> Black Swan is a way better movie Annihilation that too even yeah <clears throat> um 
Yeah. And then I think the whole movie, like, not necessarily hinges, but, like, the narrator says something to kind of explain the ending of the movie. But it's, like, I'll just say it has to deal with, like, the devil. And it just feels so, like, disconnected. Like, totally out of place. Yeah. And, like, the movie hints at nothing of that except for the narrator who, like, basically tells you. So it's, yeah. Ultimately, it was pretty disappointing. A little messy. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I was curious about that, so I'm glad you watched it. And I'm glad I don't have to see it. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, even, like, the pop music wasn't that great, but I feel like that might have been the point. Like, her songs? Yeah, I think Sia helped do them. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's okay. Sia. It's nothing like the music in A Star is Born. I mean... That's a high hurdle. <laughs> do you do you guys know who uh, uh, Demi Demi Ojibwe or something like that? He's a comedy writer. Uh-uh. Uh, he tweeted uh, last night uh, that Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow should perform uh, "We're Out of the Shallow Hal" now at the oh Oscars. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "All right, I'm logging off Twitter forever. Bye." <laughs> like, that was his last tweet. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That's awesome. Um, do we have any more overlap picks? I mean, I saw a couple things you saw before um, me, but I don't think so. Oh, what about Private Life? You want to talk about that real quick? Sure. Since we both saw it, uh, Tom, you know what this is? No, another Netflix original. This came out what, like late summer? It came out a couple months I think ago. So, yeah. Uh, this is Tamara Jenkins. Uh, this is only her third film. She did The Savages. Uh, like 11 years ago. Um, she doesn't make a lot of movies. No, no. I think she's only made like three things. She has, yeah. There were 11 years in between The Savages and this. Uh, it's got Paul Giamatti, Catherine Hahn, and it's basically about a couple who are uh, struggling with fertility. So they're exploring all of their options. Um, it's funny. It's dark. Um, Great performances. Yeah, very obviously. good. I liked... Uh, uh, Catherine the- Hahn's always good. Yeah, so she's excellent. Jamal. I like seeing her in something a little bit more dramatic. A little um, less stepbrothers. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she's good. Um, I will say they're not the most likable characters, which I think is kind of the point. Like, they they snap at each other. Basically, the, the, movie, the film is about their marriage. I mean, they're struggling with fertility, but really it's about it's about them. And they have some really, really good conversations that are like uh, – really kind of dig into like the heart of their marriage and the issues that mm-hmm. they're having. There's a lot of bickering, um, some pretty touching moments too. Um, yeah. And if just the whole experience is even worth it, like they have to contemplate that at one point too. Cause mm-hmm. just like the whole experience is such a strain on their relationship that it's affecting them. Everything about their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, uh, another character that gets introduced who's a pretty big part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's their... Like, friend's step. daughter, right? No, or... it's... I think it's Paul G... Excuse me. Paul Giamatti's brother's kid, I mm. think. His niece. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. She plays a key role in it. And she was good. I liked her performance, too. Yeah. Uh, it's, it adds an interesting dynamic to the film. That kind of comes in maybe a third of the way through. Um, but yeah, the performances really keep this thing... Keep this thing going. Everyone is solid. Definitely. Oh, Molly Shannon is in this too. Oh yeah. Pretty small part, but she's she's really good in it. She plays uh, Sadie's mom. Um, yeah, totally worth the watch. It's it's not gonna make my top ten, but yeah. 
it's you know it's probably in that like hovering around 20 25 you know there were a lot of good movies very solid mm-hmm. drama with comedic elements yeah some some really funny really funny lines some of the funniest stuff um but it's it's clever um very intimate film small but very good yep all right um me yeah sure we can do a couple uh oh i saw aquaman in imax aquaman. 3d i saw your uh, rating <laughs> on letterboxd this guy fucking loved it this movie rocks <laughs> <laughs> okay so is it star wars underwater Essentially, yeah. It's basically Lord of the Rings slash Star Wars slash Avatar. A whole bunch of different things underwater. Sounds right up your alley, Tom. Lord of the Rings? Did you evoke that just to get under this guy's skin? A little. But it definitely has that feel with all the different okay, like, again, factions. The trailer for this movie armies. looked horrible. Horrible. Agreed. Not great. But it's just, it's a lot of fun. I'll say it's not... Obviously, it's not the best movie ever made. It's somewhat formulaic, but it is. It seems more of like a a war movie than it is like a superhero movie. Is it's, Jason Momoa at least like net neutral? Honestly, like he's the main character, but like he doesn't like overstay his welcome, and he doesn't come off as annoying like The Rock can sometimes. You take that back. Is that uh, no shots fired? You take that back. Hot take. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel I, like The Rock can be a little too much sometimes. I don't find him annoying. I just find the movies that he's in constantly annoying. Yeah. It would have been... I'm, Aquaman would have been a lot better if The Rock was Aquaman, right? Definitely not. <laughs> I like Jason Momoa. I, I mean, he's not like an amazing actor, but I think he has charisma, and I think he's used well in this movie. I, I don't really have much to go off of, because I really only know him as Khal Drago, and he is oh. just kind of... Uh, I mean, he talks, but he's just kind of a mute fucking beast. Like, yeah, <laughs> really I mean, not much charisma there. He's definitely like winking at the camera most of the movie, and but I don't know, it just kind of works for it. Um, but yeah, it, the movie just looks amazing. Like, there's so much going on, like all the creature designs and that stuff did like, look neat from the trailer, especially in IMAX 3D. Like the whole underwater stuff looked awesome and. There were just like a lot of cool ideas, and the movie just felt super epic. Like there was, it was like the Infinity War that I didn't get. Do they try and <laughs> do, do they try and uh, loop in other are, are there other DC superheroes in this movie? Not superheroes, because this is kind of like his origin story. Yeah, but there's no like Wonder Woman cameo or shit like that. No. Okay. But uh, yeah, the villain. I don't know if he's been introduced to the other movies probably not because he kind of does his origin in this one too so. where uh where does this take place in the dc universe timeline is it after the events of like justice league and shit or is this like his like origin story i feel like it's a prequel to everything yeah but i haven't seen i don't think i've seen any of the other ones besides wonder woman you never saw man of steel oh i did see that but i mean i'm assuming it's that kind of preceded the yeah i don't the, know this if... shared universe shit yeah Nicole Kidman is the mom. Dude, Nicole Kidman was in everything this year. The prologue with her is pretty awesome. The way, because it's an action sequence, but the way it was shot and stuff was really cool. It kind of reminded me of like um, some of the action in Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. where the camera was like following like all of the action. You know, it was like kind of not like handheld, but almost like a 
like a drone or something. Yeah, like, it's like seamless. It follows yeah. her action. They're like, there's no cuts. Or yeah, so like the movements, mean? the movement of the camera like coincides with the movements of the characters. Yeah. yeah. So that was cool. Um, Django Fett's dad, or Boba Fett's dad, plays uh, Aquaman's dad. What? You know, the actor from the Star Wars movies. Yeah, but he's wearing the helmet. I don't know who he is. No, you see him at some point. Django Fett? Yeah, in the prequels. You do? Uh-huh. Oh, well, I don't remember what he looks like. Oh. Well, he's in it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, Patrick Wilson is the the main villain. Do you see his balls? Nope. That was a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, I, I think people have said this, but it is essentially Thor underwater. Like, the storyline is he's the, very he's similar. the DC equivalent, yeah. Yeah. I just don't care about Aquaman. Ton of fun, though. I would say... It's a must-see on the big screen. So then, since I'm not going to see it on the big screen, don't bother? No, I think it'd still be cool, but just not as cool. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll try not to watch it on a plane. Okay. <laughs> no promises. What was the other thing you watched, Tom? Oh, I watched um, They Shall Not Grow Old. Oh, right. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, let me make sure I'm not getting that title wrong. That's That's what it is. They Shall Not Grow Old. Yeah. Okay, you I got hope, it. I hope they do another screening or two back by I would like popular to see demand. Yeah. <laughs> so the synopsis is that this is a documentary about World War One with never before seen footage to commemorate the centennial of Armistice Day and the end of the war. Directed by Peter Jackson. It's essentially just like restored footage that they made like add color to and they like yeah took out the grain out because it looks pretty cool yeah, yeah it looks cool um it's a little like fuzzy around the edges you know yeah uh, it's a hundred year old film totally but it looks good like you don't you, you forget about it uh it is incredible how much footage they had mm. like who the fuck was out there with a fucking camera <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Journalist, dude. I guess so. But this was this was the nineteen teens, you know? This was like nineteen seventeen or something. Like what? So I'm a little curious. What is the structure? Is there a narrator? Yeah. Is there any kind of story? So like... it's interesting. Um it is so I'll say up front, I didn't love it. Like it's impressive and it's cool, but it doesn't have the narrative through line that you need to like really hook um so it's basically like uh first of all it's all around the british uh troops um i thought it was going to be a little bit more comprehensive i didn't i thought it was more just like world war one what was happening all over so i was pretty excited for that and disappointed that it was a little more narrow in scope but it makes sense they only had the material that they had um and then it kind of goes through uh, basically themes. So it's like all the guys signing up. What did they think they were getting into? And then they actually get to the front. What was their experience as they approached the front? What was their experience when they were on the front? What was their experience in one battle? And then, um, and then kind of the end of the war, basically. So they'll just sort of tackle each of these chunks each of these different topics and then they overlay the footage with um i mean it's not talking heads because you can't see them but just interviews from the soldiers sure 
So uh, sometimes they'll try and line up some of the footage that you're seeing with like a description that someone will be talking about from from their experience. But it, it's usually just like, you know, it's just them saying, well, and then on Saturdays we would blah, blah, blah. And then you just have footage of the guys at the front. So it doesn't have quite that connection, um, like I said, that would really hook you. But it's very interesting. And, like, trench warfare fucking sucked. <laughs> Do you get some actual, like, war scenes? No. So that's the other thing that's... The movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little anticlimactic, right? Yeah. Like, they will describe the uh, build-up to a battle, but there's no footage you can really provide of a battle. Um, mm. Nobody took the camera on a into the trenches charge toward the, the other trench apparently yeah which is what they did like they fucking got up out of the trench and they all ran across no man's land and like half of them got killed by machine guns and then they got to the other side and that's why we have christopher Nolan killed the germans and Re- then recreate some of this stuff and they were like <laughs> uh oh shit what's a flamethrower when they got to the other side and then they would get just fucking burnt to a crisp by some german with a flamethrower they'd never oh, even geez. seen before yeah, it was also the uh, World War One is when tanks were invented. So they saw tanks for the first time. Some guy was like, yeah, these things showed up with like big tarps over them. And somebody just said they were tanks. And I thought they were like water tanks. They didn't even know the name of them. No, they didn't know what they were. They were like, what is this thing? And then they're like, oh, it's called a tank. And they literally thought they were water tanks. Weird. Like re- water reserves that were bring- being brought up to the front. Um, did tank the tanks of, of that era, did they shoot? like projectiles or were they more just like armored vehicles that they could no, they, to... they had a they had a gun at the front okay yeah they had the cannon um but i think i mean i could be totally wrong but they were pretty much invented for like going across no man's land going through all the mud and shit mm-hmm. and then crossing the trenches because they needed to be able to, to go over it go and... over all that stuff um with the tracks so it it was pretty interesting i mean uh i don't know how much i can recommend it really if you're if you're interested in seeing all that stuff but um you know for me it's probably like a three and a half three star movie sure interesting from like a historical perspective exactly and i mean it's real like you really (laughs) see these soldiers out there and so the other thing that uh i didn't get to was they do sort of the opening stuff, maybe the first like 10 or 15 minutes just in black and white with their footage. And they're talking about how all the guys signed up and how they all lied about their age and some some crazy stories. Like these guys would go up to the recruiter and, and he'd say, how old are you? And they'd say, uh, you know, 16 and you have to be 19 to sign up. And he'd say, oh, well, that's not nearly enough, old enough. Uh, you better go outside and have yourself a birthday or two. And then they would like get back in line and come through and say, I'm 19. They'd be like, go on through. Oh, my God. And they, everyone had a story like that. They all signed up in their teens. It was crazy. Um, Do you think 3D would have added much? No. Because it seems kind of weird that it's in 3D. I don't really get why it is, no especially if it's see. like, yeah, mostly... 
Well, I think the whole point is that you're supposed to, it's supposed to feel like you're there, you know, by restoring the footage, adding the color, yeah. then making it 3D. You're, it's supposed to immerse yourself in it. That would I be my like guess anyway. 3D's never really done that for me, but <laughs> especially I feel like it would come across as strange given like the yeah. footage, like to add yeah. a 3D effect to it, it would almost be it would take me out of it. I don't yeah. know. Did I you mean, ever having feel not like seen you it. were in Pandora? No, but I did feel like I was in uh, uh, Spider Verse. No, I was gonna say uh, Jackass 3D. Oh. When that dick was coming, I was oh like, Woo! <laughs> "Look out!" So, uh, oh, anyway, after after that opening stuff, when they start to travel to the front, uh, they, then it goes into color. Oh, okay. And you're like, "Oh, okay." This is kind of fun. Cool. Um, That's when you put the 3D glasses on, right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah i was actually just watching it wrong for the first time <laughs> yeah. um anyway it's cool by the end of it i was pretty much done with hearing people talk about their war stories while watching random footage yeah um but it was gruesome gruesome stuff a lot of people just died in the mud like not even shot other people got shot <laughs> when they were like sitting in the trench eating their biscuits and they just were at the wrong angle and some sniper Ouch. got them. <laughs> like everybody's sitting around having lunch and then somebody just gets popped in the head. And like they would, the new guys would come in to the trenches after they relieved the old ones. And they'd be like, yeah, the first thing I remember seeing about the trenches is that they were very much lived in. Like people, like there'd be old shoes and a half drunk cup of tea and a dead body. Right. <laughs> like, okay, this is my life now. <laughs> Uh, okay, anything else on that? No, that's it. Cool. Uh, I saw Vice. Did you get a chance to see that yet? I have not. Uh, pretty disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not as good as The Big Short. No. Eh? And I think I'm the biggest fan of The Big Short at this table. Oh, it might be me. Definitely. I love The Big Short. Yeah, I'm a bigger fan love than that. me. Yeah, you didn't like it very much, no. right? No. So Vice is more of the same. So it's, uh, same tone you know kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of winking at the camera uh the issue that i have with it is in the big short it's a funny movie you know they're kind of, they're not making light of the material but there are lots of jokes there's some i mean adam mckay is he has his background in, in comedy so uh but the big short, the central characters, they're the ones that are discovering, uh, like these atrocities, you know, what the banks are doing and all these, the giving mortgages, mortgage loans to people. They're uncovering that stuff. So they're not the bad guys, right? Mm -hmm. So though the material is heavy, they make light of it with the humor. Mm -hmm. This movie does that too, but they're doing that with some of the most like deplorable politicians in modern american history you know what i mean mm -hmm. like dick cheney is a piece of shit and they're exploring his life and they do acknowledge that he did shitty things but it's like kind of funny like they kind of present him as this like stoic kind of used to drink and fight and now he's just like power hungry like tonally i I'm kind of offended by it because these are men, you know, Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, George W. Bush, like these 
are shitty human beings who were awful politicians and committed a lot of atrocities. <laughs> a lot of people died because of Dick Cheney. And like without spoiling it at the end, there's a scene like the movie ends with Christian Bale as Dick Cheney looking into the camera and addressing the audience. Frank Underwood. Like, style. like I know, like you guys probably think I'm a piece of shit, but I did what I thought was right for my country. Like it ends on that note. And I was just like, fuck off. Like there, I was very annoyed by the tone of this movie. It's also just not very fun. The Big Short is a fun movie. Like it goes quick. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. This movie, so it's not. Why it's, do you think people love this then? Because this is some people's best movie of the year. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't find it very entertaining. A lot of it. I mean, we were pretty young when this stuff was happening, but I was aware of it because my parents and my family hated George W. Bush. So I, yeah. I was probably too young to really understand what was happening, but I was surrounded by it. And then I have since learned uh, more about what that administration did, you know? So it was kind of old hat. Like the new stuff was like Dick Cheney's, we'll call it his origin story. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. him growing up in Wyoming and being uh, uh, drunk and like that kind of stuff was the most interesting to me. Once it actually got into the politicking, it was just gross. I don't know. I, it just I didn't seems like, it like they treated the material. The reason why people like this is probably for the reasons that you didn't like it, but it the way you explained it doesn't make it sound like anyone would be into it. I just, so, it's not a very entertaining just kind of movie. Confused. <laughs> I think Matt is biased. Mm-hmm. His emotions are really coloring his view. Emphasis on Dick Cheney. Matt's, Matt's, Matt's star rating looks appropriate. <laughs> I think it. I I I don't. <laughs> the movie didn't look special to me, really. Well, see, I love I love uh, I love the Big Short. I like Adam McKay stuff. Christian Bale is Dick Cheney. Sam Rockwell is George Bush. Sure, but how like, are the performances at least? Christian Bale's good, but it's mostly just him in a fat suit and old makeup. You know what I mean? Like the, it, it's kind of rough because Christian Bale is not as old as Dick Cheney, so he's wearing the old man makeup. But he's also significantly older than Dick Cheney when he was young. So they have to like de-age him. And it just, it looks weird. The, the scenes from like the sixties and seventies mm-hmm. with Dick Cheney, seeing Christian Bale, like it just, you never, he's never the right age. He's always, he looks too old to be playing the mm-hmm. age that Dick Cheney is. And then, you know, they put the old makeup on him and, you know, he does look good, but. Um, Sam Rockwell is funny, but I don't think he's really that good of a George Bush. Like he just kind of talks with a Southern accent, but I don't know. He kind of nails like the dumbassery of, of George Bush, but I don't know. It's a little over the top. I think the way that they went for, yeah. Uh, I guess maybe I just wasn't really that interested in the, in the content. It's really not that interesting. The material. I mean, if you already know the material from real life, I mean, it doesn't Mm -hmm. really shed new light on anything. It just kind of portrays dick cheney as this you know guy obsessed with power which he was but i don't know the way it treats the material totally just didn't work for me Mm. yeah i just don't know why like the big short it it seems like they wanted to do to recapture the magic of the big short and they didn't really know where to do it and they picked the bush administration because maybe it felt like still relevant and interesting but also safe territory because it was you know 10 10 15 years ago right but uh, but then it just didn't have the same, didn't have the same magic. Yeah. So I don't know. Some people like it. Wasn't for me. 
pretty disappointed. Who's loving this movie? Just people on the internet? Well, pretty pretty mixed, actually. I think critically, it's it's at like 65% or something. People either love or hate this movie. Mm. It's, it's very polarizing. So there's some very vocal defenders of this movie, and there's very vocal uh, people who are just saying it's a piece of shit. I'm annoyed about that last bit, not because of... Um, well, not necessarily because of the way you reacted to it, but just because it seems very um, Frank Underwood. Is that House of Cards? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that video that, that Kevin Spacey I posted? Heard, no, I heard something about it, and I just don't even it sounded weird. look at it. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's weird. He's basically addressing like his allegations through the character of Frank Underwood. He was like, crazy he person. Like, Frankie's back, baby, or something like that. Like, ugh. He has lost his damn mind. <laughs> like, That's gross. Okay. What um, a creep. <laughs> uh, I rated it a 2.5. There were some moments that were, were solid, um, but overall it just didn't work for me. Okay. All right. I'm going to try and bang through some stuff. I only have a couple left, so we're almost uh, there. I saw Mary Poppins Returns. Ah, ultimately man. a disappointment. Mm, you were hyped on this thing. I was hyped. Um, IMAX? Uh, how'd, you, how'd you see this? Dolby. Mm. Um, some cool, so a couple cool, like imaginative set pieces, um, some good costumes, the music could take it or leave it, but it was just kind of boring. Like I saw this in the afternoon and I was struggling to stay awake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't usually fall asleep during movies, but like, like, especially at the theater, but like that one, I was just struggling to stay awake during, um, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't really have that magic feeling that I wanted. Do the visuals pop? Yeah, kind of. I mean, there's a couple cool scenes. To me, this feels like a lesser version of like Paddington or Christopher Robin, like the fantastical like family live action movie. But just, yeah. And even Emily Blunt, I feel like she didn't really like encompass the mary poppins character that well yeah like it just doesn't feel like mary poppins Hmm. not that i have like a huge attachment to the old one or anything but um yeah it was ultimately disappointing yeah mary poppins that's a really hard thing because like it's not so much a character that you're embodying as just like julie andrews right (laughs) yeah because i mean It's not like it's Bond, right? And everybody has their different take on what you imagine Bond to be. It's just like, no, Mary Poppins is Julie Andrews. Yeah. Anybody who says anything otherwise is an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and then uh, I saw Welcome to Marwin. Ooh, uh, I'm curious what you thought of it anyway. It was middle of the road. Like there were some things I liked about it and it, ultimately it was entertaining. Like it was not a terrible waste of time but it just again was like kind of all over the place like that's what i've heard that this movie is just all over the place some of it works but a lot of it doesn't yeah and i feel like it's an interesting story and the documentary is probably a better use of your time just watch that but um they try and like capture a bunch of different things with his character like loneliness addiction and just like trauma and all that but it's all not really fleshed out that well so it's kind of messy and then while i liked the the whole like cg like you know 
whatever you want to call it, the Marwin call world. Like those sequences were I cool. I want to call it and- the Marwin Cinematic Universe. <laughs> 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 they were cool and fun to watch, but it was almost like there was too much of it and it took away from like character development or the, just like the relationships between the, the real life characters in the movie. Um, yeah, it just feels like one of those kind of safe movies that's trying to appeal to everyone. Right. And it has yeah. like a, you know, a real crowd pleaser, a heartfelt moment at the end and stuff. And it, it wraps itself up nicely, but I feel like there's just so much more going on with that guy and his experience that it's kind of like a disservice to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, oh, I watched, um, the night comes for us that kind of like raid rip off of, uh, on Netflix. I don't know if I know what that is. It's an F. Is it a Netflix original or just on Netflix? I don't know. I think it is a Netflix original. 2018 it, release. Yeah. Or? But okay. it's made, I think not by the same guy who did the raid, but maybe like someone who worked on the raid. I don't know exactly, but I know it's, it, it's either in the same style or somehow connected to the. So the it's like how uh, John Wick was the stunt coordinator of the Matrix, like some sort of link. To yeah, a or like film. the Atomic Blonde director, something like the that, other maybe. John Wick guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know the actual part, but it's something like that. Um, I, I don't know. This one was weird because I remember loving the Raid and the Raid Two. Mm-hmm. And I like those because of the like balls to the walls action that they have. This one was basically the same thing, but towards the end of it, I was like completely numb to the experience because yeah. it was just like not even five minutes would go by and there's more action. <laughs> like it was just like so much action that I couldn't even get into the movie. And some of it was. Who pretty, am I talking to? I know. Right? <laughs> Some of it was pretty gross too, and that kind of turned me off a little bit. But I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm getting older or something. <laughs> is it? Is it maybe the difference that the the raid has, like the level of craft that this movie doesn't? Because the fight scenes, from what I remember in the raid, are pretty stunning. At least the way they're choreographed. Yeah. Does this just lack that? Like it's just bombast over craft it's a it's a lesser version of those so i i feel like it is well made but it didn't have many or any of those like wow moments that really just like blew me away watching the raid movies um but yeah i just think there's way too much action and not enough substance to really like get into it yeah and not that i even watch the raid movies for that kind of stuff but at least with the the second one i feel like it's they do it in like a fun way. It's just like kind of over the top and just like the epic scale of all the factions and everything that's yeah. going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately it was disappointing. Hmm. Bummer. But I also maybe watched it in the wrong context. Like I'm watching this in the frame of mind, like is this the best of 2018 by myself? And this is more like a midnight, like, have a couple drinks with your friends, watch it type sure, thing. Okay. So maybe if I watched it with like you guys or something, I would enjoy it more, but it's, it's no top 10 of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw Shoplifters. I'm dying to see that. I'm going to see it Wednesday or Thursday this week. Nice. Yeah, I think you only have a few more days. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I didn't like it as much as I was hoping to like it. Um, do you even know what it's about? 
Yeah, I've seen the trailer. It's like uh, this uh, family, like family in Japan who basically lives in poverty, and this uh, they find a child in the street, right? Yeah, alone, and then it turns out she was like a runaway or something, and then they end up getting like charged with kidnapping or some shit, something like that, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's ba- it's essentially a family living in poverty, and it's kind of like a a mixed bag family. Like they're not all related, but you know they have this like community and they all you know live under the same roof and all that yeah yeah um but yeah they're kind of like scavengers they have like this whole like kind of like not elaborate but like a a little setup to steal stuff from stores and like it deals with like it kind of has like a bicycle thieves type feel where it's like the morality of the situation like is it okay to steal from a store as long as it's not like someone personal and like yeah, so it deals with all that, and it is pretty emotional towards the end. I don't want to spoil it, but just how everything plays out. Um, oh, yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was good. Just didn't blow me away. Have you seen anything else from that director? Because I've only seen – I've seen Nobody Knows. I have not. That movie is pretty incredible. Really? Yeah. Kind of similar. It's uh, like a, a children – uh, I think the oldest is like 12 or something, and they're abandoned, just added by their mother out of nowhere. So it's basically a 12-year-old taking care of his siblings in this apartment where they don't have any parental supervision. Oh, okay. So it's a similar thing. They have to st- try and, you know, steal and any means they can to try and survive, and it's this kid who's basically taking care of his siblings. Yeah. Yeah, it, the movie has some good moments, and it didn't go to where I was expecting, but just didn't quite wasn't quite over the moon for sure um i have three left should i just knock them out and then you can wrap up your stuff like how much do you want to talk about yeah no a couple okay um i watched never going back which travis has seen do you remember this one tom uh no you probably saw the trailer it's the two girls it's really raunchy yes the they uh it's an a24 film it looks sort of like a spring breakers kind of thing yeah yeah um, lesser (laughs) version of that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was okay. Um, it's basically takes place over the course of a couple of days. Uh, and these girls are just fuck up. So it's like kind of hard to root for them because they're just, they make so many awful decisions, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's very crude. There are some pretty funny moments. I did laugh out loud a couple times. Um, but overall, I mean, they're not very likable characters. Uh, there's really no like emotional resonancy. Um, it just kind of happens, you know, it's a, it's kind of a coming of age, uh, drug movie, basically these two mm. girls. Um, there's some funny gags. I, I laughed a decent amount, but yeah. some of the stuff doesn't work. Um, really, Nothing really stands out about it either. No, I like the performances though. I think the girls have really good chemistry together. Um, there's a scene it's in the trailer, but, uh, you don't know the context in the trailer, but they show up to work, uh, on drugs basically Mm -hmm. that whole scene was pretty funny (laughs) like they're super stoned and they're like talking to each other and then it turns out they're in the room with their manager and he's like i'm two feet away from you guys i can hear everything (laughs) and they keep talking to each other as if you can't hear them like some some good scenes but overall i think i rated it like a three or something you know it's Mm -hmm. it was okay um and then i watched mom and dad uh, with Travis, I don't remember you talking about it, but you said I don't, you saw it. Right? I don't know if I brought it up on the podcast when I watched it, but I watched it earlier this year. Do you know anything about this movie? No. Nick Cage and Selma Blair 
our mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of actually, it's kind of similar to Bird Box. There's an event that happens. <laughs> uh, unexplainable. If Bird Box event. comes up one more time, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it makes all parents want to murder their children. Okay. So it's Nick Cage at his most Nick Cage, just mm-hmm. Gonzo like in like yelling and screaming and the crazy eye thing that Nick Cage does. Uh, it's really weird. Uh, pretty humorous. It's a fun movie. Uh, I didn't love it. Uh, it's pretty poorly made. I don't know how they got. It's one of the uh, Taylor. Is I think it's the the half of Neville Dean and Taylor. It's Brian Taylor, I think, or something, who directed it. You know the guys what who are you did, talking about? Who, who did like Crank one and two? Oh, those guys. Yeah. Oh, it's one of them. them directed this. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's nuts, but it, it looks like shit. The editing is bad. Uh, it it looks like garbage. Makes sense now, right? <laughs> yeah. They also directed Gamer. Which yeah. Is yeah. God awful. <laughs> um. Just re- really fun, over the top. It it does make sense that they did Crank because it's it's really stupid but pretty fun. Um. I I don't know if I would go say go out of your way to see it, but uh, it's a it was a good time. All right. (laughs) Uh, And then I saved the best for last. Uh, I watched Lean on Pete, Mm. which Travis saw. I don't remember how Mm. long ago. I saw it in the theater, so I think it was like summer or spring. It's on Amazon Prime now. Uh, Saw your star rating, Matt. You, you, you fell saw for that it, huh? piece of shit. Oh my god! <laughs> what did you rate it? I think like three and a half. Oh my god! I gave it five stars. Okay. It is so. How'd you watch it? It's on Amazon Prime. What is it? Lean on Pete. No, so, no, no. Like, what's it about? So, uh, it's this fifteen-year-old kid. He's kind of at a crossroads. So he doesn't have a mother. Those are the dad. He's kind of a piece of shit. Uh, and he's trying to like. He meets this guy who's Steve Buscemi, uh, uh, and he basically takes care of like racehorses um so he the kid meets steve buscemi and then he offers him like 25 bucks to help him uh basically fix his car or something so he just kind of gets into the horse racing scene and he falls in love with this horse called lean on pete like he develops a connection with him um anyway shit hits the fan uh and he basically goes on an adventure with this horse and this is the guy, so this is Andrew Haig, who did 45 Years, which I love. That was in Weekend, right? In Weekend, yeah, which I haven't seen. But 45 Years was like fringe top 10 the year it came out. This guy, he just has a knack for like really deeply human, organic stories. They're very small in scope, but very touching. His dialogue is impeccable. Like everything feels natural. He gets really good performances out of uh, Charlie Plummer, who plays a kid, um, Steve Buscemi, uh, Chloe Sevigny, uh, Steve Zahn has a brief appearance. Um, but basically, it's just this this kid who is is lost and doesn't know what to do, you know. And he has this connection with this horse, and uh, it's pretty emotional. Um, <laughs> there were some moments that really punched me in the gut. Uh, really awesome, like touching lines of dialogue that made me tear of up. Of course, Matt fell for this. Incredible why, why performances, <laughs> dude! Come on, there's a moment with the horse. Okay, not gonna say what happens, but that didn't get you. Nothing. Gets and then there's me, a moment Matt. towards the end. <laughs> oh my god! 
I, I love it. I love this movie. Um, I don't know yet where it's going to fall. I'm like a cold, dark hallway, Matt. Yeah, you know, Travis, I think, you, you're I think you're watching too many movies. You're so desensitized. <laughs> Nothing that makes you it. feel. You can't yeah. emote anymore. Yeah. You can only You're broken. consume. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might be onto something, to be honest. So this this made me want to see the rider, which I know you like a lot. I liked that more than this. I just apparently I love horses. I don't know, man. That's also a thing that I just feel like the whole I hate horses. I don't know why okay. I like this movie. Okay. I fucking horses hate are great. horses. No, horses are oh, what? Man. From a distance? Oh yeah. But the, people who are into they're horses. beautiful creatures. Weird yeah. Well, that's different. Just people let them run are, free. Just, people well, are like into horses. Wild are horses are cool, but like. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get that attached to it, so that's probably why I didn't love it. But it is, there's good performances, and the movie looks good. Um, but I just didn't get that attached to it. So it was, I it was middle of the road for me. See, I, I thought the right is some of the best writing of the year for me. I think that's that's the strongest thing about this movie. Um, and it, it looks good. It's not showy at all. Like everything is there to serve the story. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good. I I really really liked it. I think you would like it too, Tom. Mm. I don't know if it would like make your top ten or anything. Maybe I don't know. I think you might you might connect with it. Charlie yeah. Plummer. I don't know who this kid is. A boy and his horse. He's really good. Oh wait, <laughs> what's that movie or that book? The horse and his boy. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Narnia books is called the the horse and his boy. I'm pretty oh. sure. What? Uh uh-uh. uh. Narnia? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. The horse and Prepare his boy. Get... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for me. Okay. Oh, I watched the Princess Switch. I'm not going to talk about it. Don't bother. So I'm going to summarize like five or six movies. The horse and his boy, 1954. Which one? Which one is it? It's like number seven or something. What isn't the silver? The silver chair or something is six. Four. I think it's six. I can't remember. Seven is a. That's a Narnia book. The boy and his horse. The horse and his boy. The horse. <laughs> anyway, I only I only read like two of those. Okay, books, I'm so. gonna read these motherfuckers. So if you want to watch a good. To not great. We're talking about the Chronicles of Narnia right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Settle down, Travis. <laughs> I thought you were done over there. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yep. Prince Caspian. Yep. Voyage of the Dawn Treader. What? Everybody's favorite. Voyage number... of the Dawn Treader. The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Wow. That's number three. Silver Chairs number four. Oh, shit. Get fucked. <laughs> the Horse and His Boy five. Magician's Nephew. The Last Battle. Oh God. I think the first one I read was the Silver Chair. That's like the worst one. What? Really? Yeah. Did you keep going after that? No. I wouldn't have. <laughs> it's the worst. I don't know why I started with the fourth one. Okay. So Four these are solid but not amazing dramas that came out in 2018. We got The Land of Steady Habits on Netflix, directed by the lady who did Enough Said and Please Give. Nicole oh, Enough Said. That's the Julia Louis Dreyfus one, right? Yeah. Okay. It's got uh, Ben Mendelsohn in it, mm. uh, Edie Falco, mm. Connie Britton. This all sounds good. It was solid. It was worth a watch. It um, was a solid drama that came out in 2018. Yes. Yep. The Kindergarten Teacher, the Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal Netflix movie. Pretty solid. Who We Are Now. Uh, I think I saw this on Showtime or Stars. It's got 
Emma Roberts, Zachary Quinto, Jason Biggs, Julianne Nicholson, who's in Masters of Sex. That's a Showtime show, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just like a drama about this woman who's essentially trying to get her child back because she's had a... Uh, yeah. But she lost custody of the kid or something? Yeah. Or? Oh, okay. But it, it kind of goes into multiple characters, different stories, but she's kind of the, the main one. Is Emma Roberts the mom? No, she plays like the like social worker or something in it, I think, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Pretty young to be a social worker. She's got that degree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> uh, all about Nina. It's a uh, about it's like about a stand up comedian. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it. She's oh, the main I, character. I like her. Uh, Common is her love interest. Yep, not into it. She's just kind of like a. <laughs> she's a hot mess, but she pulled herself together and is trying to make a living as a small stand up comic. Where did you watch that? I think I bought it for a dollar on amazon oh okay sounds kind of interesting i think you might also be able to stream it but since it was a buck to buy i just said might as well <laughs> oh uh totally unrelated <laughs> but uh all of the harry potter books if you have amazon prime are available for free oh, like kindle nice sort of reading uh, sorcerer's stone the other night don't know stone? why that no. triggered it oh yeah excuse me <laughs> book two what is it? What? Hmm. Oh, book one, Sorcerer's Stone. Y- yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, Nancy on Canopy. It's uh, the movie with Andrea Riseborough, the woman from Mandy. Oh, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. Uh, <laughs> it's it's essentially about this woman who like sees this like news story that. Like the these parents' kids kid went missing for years, and she could like convinces herself that she is the the one who went missing. So she like tries to reconnect with this family, but you don't really know if she actually was the one right. missing or not. And you get like both sides of that because you know they've both kind of had traumatic experiences. The one half has not had their kid the whole time, so they want to believe it's her, even if maybe not all the facts are there. But then you know she's been like yearning for some sort of family or connection and so it's, it's i love that premise that sounds yeah that sounds cool it's on canopy you can sign up now with your library card so when you watch stuff on canopy are you doing it on your computer or how are you i have it? an app on the because i have the roku tv so oh so there's a canopy app yeah damn it so the way canopy works is you can watch up to five movies per month for free on there mm. but they have like a bunch of Criterion movies. They have a lot of all the A twenty four or most yeah. of the A twenty four stuff is on. It, there. They have like a mix of like stuff you see on Hulu, Amazon, and Netflix. But it, I would say, if you were to pin what their catalog is the most like, it's Amazon probably. Okay. Um, but then they have some other stuff that is not streaming anywhere. Like I don't think Nancy's on anything. And then I also watched Let the Corpses Tan, which is on Canopy, but not anywhere else for free. Um. So you're going to talk about that one next with the corpses, Tam? Uh, in a second. Still going through the uh, 2018 oh, <laughs> dramas. Galveston, directed by Melanie Laurent. It's got uh, Ben. She's F- a director now? Yeah. 
She's the one in uh, Inglorious Bastards, Tom, the main character. Arguably. I don't know about the main character. character. Uh, Through line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. The theater owner. She's in uh, Enemy, too. She's in (laughs) Beginners, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So this has Ben Foster, Elle Fanning, a couple other people. Um, I think it was written by the True Detective guy, so it's got kind of that vibe to it. Uh, Nick Pizzolatto. Yeah. Pizzolatto. I've, I have heard some good things about that movie. It was decent. The, I don't know. I feel like the ending was like a little cheesy, not quite earned. But, well, I don't know. It had a good little reveal, I guess, towards the end. Is this Canopy, too? or uh, this? I think I rented it for a dollar on Voodoo. God damn it. <laughs> uh, oh, I watched The Tale on HBO, the one with uh, Laura Dern. It's like a HBO original movie. I never heard of it. Um, it's basically about it. So the the whole story is this woman who was raped as a child, like dealing with it, the aftermath of it. But then there's also flashbacks to when she was a child. Uh, it was solid, but I don't know. I feel, and I don't mean this to like as a disservice to the movie or this woman's story because the director is. It's like a. The, the story was about her. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like I've seen similar movies that have handled the subject matter kind of in the same realm. Fair. This is my problem of watching too many movies, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just slow your roll, bro. bro. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for those. Oh. Um, we got more? Oh, yeah, we're still going. Oh, my God. So, yeah, let the corpses How, how, how many you got left? Uh, like five or six. More? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Let the corpses tan is kind of like a spaghetti western homage. Mm-hmm. Came out this year. Um, is this the one where someone, like, sucks beer out of a boob well, or something? I think it was actually champagne. Oh. But at one point oh. in the movie, these dudes tie up this woman and squeeze champagne out of her nipple and drink it off of her. How does that even work? Don't ask me. <laughs> this movie's pretty weird and pretty nonsensical. It's definitely like all style, no substance. Like I couldn't follow the story really. Uh, the last hour of the movie is just like this drawn out shootout. What's an hour? And like it sounds cool, but like so like free fire or something. Um, it's like a shootout between like. Two small groups of people, though. So oh. it doesn't really have the, the free fire feel. Okay. Um, and it's all outdoors, too. So, But it, lo- it looks cool, but I just couldn't get into it because, like, there's no characters or story, really, to latch onto. And some of the, the visual moments are, like, just purely visual and just seem kind of, like, a little showy. Sure. And so it was kind of disappointing because okay. a lot of people were saying it was, well, some people have said it's like one of the best movies of the year. And Sean Baker did, right? Yeah. And I disagree, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that these directors have promised though. They've made other stuff. I, I think it's all like, this is probably their most well-known thing. That's actually got some traction, but I think they are talented. They just didn't really make a cohesive movie. Sure. Um, let's see. Oh, I watched Cam, that Netflix movie. I've been curious about that one. 
It was decent. Um, was it just another like uh, webcam horror drama type thing or what? Yeah, the whole premise is like someone basically like fakes an account that mimics her and then pushes her off the site in a way and then she has to like try and figure out who's doing it and all that but it kind of deals with like the whole like internet culture and like the whole like obsession with popularity on the internet and all that uh i thought the lead girl was good i don't know her name offhand um madeline brewer oh i know that name yeah it was solid um i kind of like the the look and she was in flesh and blood she was madeline brewer yeah oh shit what who flesh and blood one of four people oh yeah listed interesting i don't remember her in it i I don't remember either um but yeah it was decent um and then i also watched into the dark puka it's part of that hulu into the dark anthology series that they're doing so was this like the new year's day this was a christmas one oh oh um it was not very good it's directed by nacho vigilando the one who did time crimes colossal he's a pretty big genre Mm -hmm. director um how long was this 90 minutes okay so it's basically about this guy who is like needs a job and so he becomes like this puka character who kind of like takes the holiday season by storm kind of like a furby obsession (laughs) no so like puka is like a stuffed animal that talks and stuff but then he plays like the mascot version of it at the malls and all oh okay but then he like takes on this like different persona so it's like this whole like um kind of like split personality type thing but it almost reminds me of like what us is trying to go for the new jordan peele movie yeah like an hour after you sent us the trailer i saw that trailer on tv and i wasn't i wasn't going to turn away so i just watched it but it kind of seems like they're going for the same type of vibe theme yeah Yeah. um but yeah ultimately not not very good so is that kind of has has that turned you off of future installments in the anthology or are you still curious to check out because is there going to be a new year's one or what is valentine's day the next one i don't know when it exactly started but i think there are at least a couple of them out right now oh there are yeah okay but i don't think they've finished them uh no i don't think i'm completely turned off but i'd probably have to have someone recommend one of them to me or maybe like if the filmmaker is someone i'm really into like with nacho yeah but it was yeah it was christmas time it was a 2018 release you know perfect time to give it a shot and just was not worth it um i think i'm pretty much done oh i did watch the house that jack built oh you did i I am still curious about that one i don't really know how to feel about it It because it's definitely gross places (laughs) i don't know it's just kind of a weird movie it's pretty long and it goes like kind of off the rails towards the end like kind of like supernatural or like like it deals with like heaven and hell i'll say you know, Lars von Trier is a fucking hack. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> he made Dancer in the Dark, and that's it as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Every other movie I've seen of his, I've not enjoyed. 
Yeah. Or hated. Antichrist is the second worst movie. Well, my second most hated movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ultimately, I don't think it's for me, but um, I thought Matt Dillon was good in it and some of the serial killer stuff was pretty good. I am curious. I am a little bit of a gore hound, so I'm Got to watch the unrated version. Is it available anywhere? I don't think so. Not right now. How, did you rent this or? Yeah. On what? Google Play or? <clears throat> Voodoo. Voodoo? Okay. Yeah. How much was it like? Like six bucks or uh, so. I would say don't. No? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've convinced me. Just wait. Uh, I think the last thing I want to bring up is... Nine- oh, no. I watched The Mule. I've seen so much. Oh, my stuff. God, dude. Is that all you've been doing? <laughs> Pretty much. The Mule? The Mule is an entertaining watch. I'll say that. It's kind of like Gran Torino. If you're into Gran Torino, you're probably into this. <laughs> not as good as Gran Torino, though. Well, that that you're certainly not convincing <laughs> me because I don't think Gran Torino is that good. Yeah, and Clint Eastwood's character in this is old. Yes. he has so many just like throwaway lines and they're all just like slightly offensive zingers that like an old man can get away with i guess (laughs) yeah but given how i mean he's a well-known like republican yeah i was based on the trailer and the subject matter i was concerned that it was just going to be like racist old clint eastwood vilifying mexicans or something like that i mean does the movie do that no not i think it's like he does it in a way that's not very offensive and it, it's almost like he's kind of trying to play both sides you know like <laughs> racist and non-racist <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it, most of the movie is just him doing his drives all right yeah well, I'm glad. Bra- I'm glad I missed that one. Uh, Bradley Cooper's in it briefly. He's he's good. Michael Pena, your boy. That is not my boy. <laughs> I thought you liked him. <laughs> no. Is that your brother that likes I'm him? Sure, that's you. I hate Michael Pena. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's my brother. Yeah. I mean, he's he's funny in some stuff. He comes up a lot on this podcast, Michael Pena. He does. Yeah. Well, he's been when, in a lot of stuff we've talked about. I never gave him. Two thoughts. I mean, before. he steals the sh- he steals the show in the Ant Man movies, right? Didn't watch them. See about that? Okay. That's my secret. I just don't see everything. Yeah, that's the trick. Okay, last thing. Nineteen eighty five. This is the one you told me to watch, right? Yep. Tom's checking out. So it's <laughs> Jesus. All right. Nineteen eighty five. This one is Let's actually worth your time. Okay. Perk up, okay? All right. Should have led with this. <laughs> you can currently buy this on Voodoo for $2. Okay. Buy to own. What is it? It's a drama. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about this kid who comes home for the holidays who, you know, he probably comes back every couple years or so. He's like mid-20s, mm-hmm. so he's just starting his adult life. Um, but it's during the whole, like, AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. So he goes home to spend time with his family, and you see him dealing with AIDS. Well, like you see how it, <laughs> his friends dealing with AIDS have affected him, but you slowly learn that he, he has, has AIDS. AIDS as well. Um, so that's the reveal. 
Yes. But that's like probably halfway through. And you are definitely more keyed into what's going on than the rest of the family. So that's kind of where the the drama ensues. Um, but some really good moments. The ending is pretty sad. Not oh, yeah. going to lie. I'm on board. I'm, that's why I told you to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, just his relationships with all of his family members are all quite different, but interesting. Like his relationship with his brother and... I don't know. It's just a sad, touching, beautiful little flick. It kind of sounds like the normal heart. Did you see that? Mm. Oh, no, <sighs> I don't like watching. It's sad, it's in black and white. Intimate movies. It's eighty-five minutes. Twenty eighteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Looks great. Top tenner. It. If I didn't see so many movies, it might be. Yeah, see less. It's movies. top twenty. If that does anything for you. That's would have been my number one if it was the only thing I'd seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen 160 movies, okay? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's it, fucking nuts. Me saying it's in the top 20 is actually saying something. I just passed 80. It's saying that you films. watch way too many <laughs> mediocre and bad movies. That's true. That's actually one of my New Year's resolutions is to watch less mediocre movies. So only the best and the worst. I'm going to view every movie. Is this worthy of my top 10 and if the answer is no, don't even. But watch how do it. you know if you don't see it? I know. I've seen enough to but, where I can sift out, you know, the golden nuggets. <laughs> yeah, but I see that's that's what I like about it. Is I, I'm looking for that that diamond in the rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you have to watch sometimes like 30, 40 movies before you get one of those. Most of the time, it's not a waste of time. It's just you this know. is my life that we're talking about, Tom. It's it's an addiction. Yeah, you're always looking for that high. Yeah, and sometimes you got to watch thirty mediocre dramas on Netflix before you find that sometimes. that good time. Yeah, I don't think you got to start on Netflix. I know I just use that as an example, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> I just mean Netflix originals. I tend to steer clear until mm-hmm. I have like full confirmation <laughs> stamp of that it's disapproval. excellent. <laughs> if it's anything short of excellent, I'm just not interested. Uh, Private Life is the one. I mean, Roma, but we mm-hmm. already talked about that. But, like, Netflix originals from 2018. They get one, like, every yeah. two years. That's just like, oh, this is a good movie. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you done? I think so. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Next time we meet, it's going to be the big end. The Holy Grail. Look forward to it every year. The best of 2018. So we're trying to see Beale Street before that? I'm trying to see Beale Street and Shoplifters. Those are my my two big. What about hitters. Destroyer? I don't know if it's going to be in Seattle in time. I haven't seen anything. I've I've looked. Fandango keeps saying in theaters January like twenty twenty fifth. It's not getting the best reviews either, is it? I think, I think it's, it's like seventies or so. Yeah, perfect. That's not a top ten for me. Mm. You know, a lot of people haven't seen it yet, though. So, what, I mean, it has to be in the 90s to make My top, top 10, 10 usually pretty much correlates with excellent Rotten Tomato reviews. So there will be that means the occasional You just outlier, follow the herd. But this guy. Man, I got the Book of Henry Bros over here. Yeah. I know. You guys fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Your favorite critic is Peter Travers. Hey, I look at my top 10s from the last couple of years. I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> you did do right with The Witch in 2016. See? That's one I would swap probably Wiener Dog for. <laughs> yeah, you put Wiener Dog on your top 10 that year. <laughs> Wiener Dog killed. 
when your dog got killed. That was a, uh, that was kind of like a, you know, this one's for the listeners. <laughs> this right here's for the number ones. So we'll, uh, we'll reconvene in a couple of weeks and we're going to run down our top tens of the year. I'm going to try and hit 200 before next week. Oh my God. <laughs> but, uh, if you haven't listened to one of our top 10 episodes, we don't, some other podcasts like to fuck with their format. We just top 10, my 10, Tom 10, Travis 10, my 9. We just run down the list. Tried and true. It's an event. Mm-hmm. It's why we exist. It's going to be the biggest episode of the year. It's why I exist, at least. It's <laughs> why movies exist. It's it's to be for. on our top 10 list. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I look forward to it all year. We've I mean, arrived. when I put a movie on my top 10, you can actually see the... Uh, the sales go up yeah. globally <laughs> on a macro level Tom, <laughs> on a macro level dude that tom seal of endorsement yeah the streams changer. just keep on streaming you get a certified sticker on the uh blu-ray cover yeah it's special it's gold <laughs> certified a gold tom star. mckay top 10 <laughs> uh okay so we'll be back but thank you everyone who listens to our show we really appreciate it uh if you could leave us a review on itunes that really helps our visibility you don't have to actually leave a review but a rating it helps so you can just write whatever as a review mm-hmm. we don't care as long as there's the something. rating is good drop that five banger yeah five banger and then just say something along the lines of travis watches too many movies and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll be uh, satisfied. Oh, also, we do this every year, but uh, we are asking people to write into us what their favorite film of 2018 was. Mm-hmm. Leave a couple words, uh, break down why it's your favorite, and we will read them on the next episode. Honestly, if you write in, we'll read it. So, yeah. Top 10. If you want to give us your whole top 10, do it. Mm, most anticipated of 2019. Yeah. I'd like to hear some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want I got your voice a, heard? Now's your chance. We got uh, <laughs> we had quite a few submissions last year. So yeah, we did. I'm weirdly interested in Alita: Battle Angel. Me Looks too. Kind of dope. Looks neat. Mm. Um, okay. Oh, the email address is cinephilesdigest at gmail So shoot us your best film of the year, whatever else, best performances, whatever you want to do. We'll read it. Um, but until next time, that's gonna do it. Thank you everybody for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you.